You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. UTEP fans, it's time to get ready for Minor Talk with Adrian Brodus and Sal Montez. Minor Talk is presented by the Ostradieta Agency. Seven locations across El Paso, celebrating 24 years of serving the Sun City and Legacy Wellness Center CBD. Call into the show at 880-5763 or tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Now, let's go live to the Lubin Go Studios with your host, Adrian Brodes. All right, welcome in. Dagger three by Jabari Rice wins the Battle of I-10. New Mexico State sweeps the series. They win tonight 72-69 in the final seconds. Hard-fought game by the Miners tonight. We'll open up the phone lines, 880-5763. That's our telephone number. I'm Adrian Bratis. He is Sal Montes. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens with 24 years of servicing El Paso for all your home, auto, or life insurance needs. Contact the Oscar Arieta Agency. I was talking to Oscar Arieta courtside today. Uh, it was a tough one for the Miners. He and I both thought UTEP would prevail in the end, uh, but no, that wasn't the case. The the Aggies had another idea in this one, and man, you got to give a lot of credit to Jabari Rice. You got to give a lot of credit to that New Mexico State offense and what they were able to do attacking the paint against UTEP. Uh, UTEP allowed a 10 0 run late in this one. The Aggies were up 55 49. You thought New Mexico State could have ran away with it toward the end, but no, UTEP fought back. They were on a 7 0 run, tied it up 63 all. Then it goes to 69 all. You, th- you thought that uh, New Mexico State, with the last shot in this one, would maybe, you know, miss. This might go to overtime but no it's Jabari Rice step back three ices the game you, you got to give credit for him making a big shot dagger shot NMSU just feasted in the paint 72-69 that is the game Salmontes we're back together after a very brief hiatus and uh, so happy to do this with you man what a what a tough game for the Miners but man they, they fought hard in this one yeah, definitely. And uh, for sure, you'll never count out the effort. That's what I love about this Miners team, all the heart there. Even when things uh, were, I don't want to say going in New Mexico State's favor because it wasn't like that. The Aggies definitely fought for everything. But I'm talking about multiple possessions where the Aggies get a bucket off with a second left or the shot clock is 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 expiring when they let go of it and they get those buckets. So that's just the kind of game that it was right there. But uh, definitely just another fun chapter in the Battle of I-10. That's how you could characterize it. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was one of those that is absolutely memorable this one will you will file into the memory bank as one of the most memorable games in this rivalry series that you'll remember at least in recent memory I, I guess the last one that I go back to 2019 where the Miners win in a very close game at home at the Haskins Center uh, but you look at the streaks now I mean it's starting to pile up Chris Jans has now uh, won seven of eight games against UTEP the Aggies have won 13 uh, of their last I, I believe actually it's their 12 of their last 13 games against UTEP. So, yeah, th- this uh, rivalry series, it- it's a little bit, it's 
lopsided. Let's call it what it is for the Aggies. They've really had success over the minors throughout the the recent past years, and uh, you know that's one of the tough things if you're a UTEP fan. It's it's tough to watch this team lose, especially at home. This team is hard fought. I think they're just a player short. I, I, they needed somebody down low. Titus Verhoeven was mm-hmm. hurt, injured. He was dealing with back spasms throughout this game, um, and uh, that's your senior leader down low, especially defensively. He could have helped out at least a little bit down down the line uh, against guys like McCants, McNair. Those guys were feasting in the paint for NMSU. Yeah, those guys definitely had a field day, and uh, the scariest part is is that they were in sync with each other. You know, yeah. a lot of those buckets by McNair uh, in the end when he had, I don't know how many in a row, but um, majority of them were, were dished out by Johnny McCants, and that just kind of shows the respect that Johnny McCants, um, you know, demands when he's out in the paint. You know, he, he's either going to finish or he's going to dish it out. Oh, and, and if the ball is, if the shot is missed, uh, one of them is probably going to get the offensive rebound. So that's just a dynamic duel there. And guys who have been in a lot of close games together, too. Our telephone number is 880-5763. That's the telephone number to get into the show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and 600 ESPN El Paso.com where you can check out the recaps after this game. Uh, we will get to our two awards later on in the show, our hot hand of the game, thanks to Win Supply El Paso. Also, we'll get to our player of the game, brought to you by Keith Southwest. But first, want to welcome on a former minor great who, in his career, Never lost to NMSU. Uh, by the way, there was a lot of former miners in the house tonight, uh, but so happy to bring on a good friend of mine, Jason Williams, former miner, former miner legend, who's joining us here in our Lubingo studios. Jason, uh, appreciate you stopping by, man. I- I'm happy that you got a chance to watch this UTEP team, man. But first, first and foremost, man, thanks for being here, uh, and really appreciate you bringing your perspective on this UTEP basketball game. Oh, thanks for having me, Adrian. I'm happy to be here, and um, it was a great game tonight. It was so exciting. Where where would you put this game in terms of excitement, in terms of the Battle of I-10 games you've been a part of or you've witnessed? I would put this game as one of the top five because, wow. um, you know, it went down to the wire, you know, and both teams play hard. And, you know, that's what, what fans want to see, you know, especially in rivalry games, you know, uh, with teams within 30 miles and a game go down to the wire, you know, in those type of games, you don't want blowouts. So, you know, we wish UTEP won, but, you know, luckily, you know, they pulled it off with a game winning shot. Uh, talk to me X's and O's. What was NMSU doing way better than UTEP offensively, where UTEP simply couldn't stop them? It, it seemed like backdoor screens. It was a high ball screen. McCants got anything he wanted down low with McNair. What did you see? I think um, the high ball screen was was really killing UTEP. And when they hit the big man in the middle, they had the other the UTEP's big man was in between two big men, and uh, the rotation was slow. So a lot of times tonight, the the guard rotation was slow. They was on the on the weak side, but they was too far on the weak side. So that's why every time we went to rotate, they got a layup in crucial moments at the shot clock because the rotation was too, too slow tonight. How tough is that to do when you're going up in an enemy territory like the Aggies did? That's a veteran team in New Mexico State. That's a veteran group that's been together for a while. How tough is that to do that, to hit those big shots when the crowd is going crazy like it was tonight at the Haskins Center? Well, you know, I think they, like you say, they're a veteran team and they've been there before. You know, uh, UTEP, you know, is a new coach. You know, a lot of the guys, they was here last year, but still it's a new coach, it's a new system. So those guys know everything that they want to do with NMSU. They know who's going to take the last shot. They know when it's a mismatch. They know who to go to in certain moments. So that plays a big difference when you have a veteran team like that. 
880-5763. That's our telephone number to get into the program. Get comfortable, Jason. We'd love yes, to have sir. you. Uh, we'd love to have you comment with us uh, as we take some phone calls here uh, on the show. I know a lot of minor fans are a little disappointed after this loss. Uh, you know, I side with the. I, I'm I'm on the side of hey, I, I can't believe UTEP hung in there late in the game. It was I thought NMSU would kind of blow them out toward the end, but UTEP showed a lot of fight. Yeah, they definitely did. I thought um, we if we had a couple stops in a row, we wasn't able to get four or five, maybe three or four stops in a row. We was able to get a stop, then we go up, and but we couldn't get that crucial stop when we needed it to yeah. maybe pull away from the game. No, exactly right. The defense has been there all year long for this UTEP team. Just when they needed it most, that's when it was tough to, to get anything happening defensively for this UTEP squad. Uh, let's read some tweets right now. We've got a lot of tweets to get to. People chiming in on social media at 600 ESPN El Paso. we got John on on the line as well, so we'll get to John in just a second. Uh, Herman Flores checks in on Twitter. Step back three. Tough shot and he made it. Talking about Jabari Rice's last shot. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Herman. Surprising, this is coming from Chris Banks. Surprising, but it didn't matter considering how many easy buckets UTEP gave up. Oscar Jr. at Oscar Jr. 915 tweets us, the way Coach Golding speaks about his players speaks volumes about him. One more tweet to get to, Rip City Trades tweets us, they feasted inside all night. That needs to be fixed. Way too many easy baskets. Still think the Miners will be fine this season. NMSU is well coached and a solid team, probably a tournament team. Yeah, I agree with you there, Rip City Trades. What about you there, Sal? Yeah, definitely. That's one of the best teams that the Miners play every year. A team that is more than likely a veteran squad. A team that's usually coming off some NCAA tournament experience or they have guys coming in with that kind of experience. So that's really just what I noticed uh, from the Aggies just about every time they play the Miners. However, um, when it comes to uh, the tweet, I can't remember who, who it was. Was it Herman regarding the way Coach Golding speaks of his players? Um, something interesting that stuck out with Coach Golding in the post game is that he mentioned how John asked him what is he going to take away from this game and he said you just learn you learn from these kinds of experiences and I kind of connected some dots there because we were talking about rebounding being a problem for this team after the first game the Miners are able to out rebound the Aggies now now it's going to be hey how can we not give up those easy buckets in the paint I think that's something that they'll work towards and uh, they're definitely going to address ASAP but I mean for them to out rebound a team that was monstrous over them in the first matchup Although they didn't win the game on the scoreboard, uh, that's a step in the right direction. It's a long season. No, I'm with you. Hey, they needed to win that rebounding margin. They did so, and uh, I totally agree with you there, Sal. Let's go to the phones right now, 880-5763. That's our telephone number if you would like to weigh in. 600 ESPN El Paso, also on Twitter if you'd like to check in there. John is joining us first. John, welcome aboard. What did you think of tonight's game? Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. John Julius here. What's up, Jay Will? What's up, Tullius? How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I, I I know we're going to be better because there's little things on the film that they'll easily pick out, especially in the last bucket with the big men. There was no help to help her, and that, that is a little fix that you can figure out. And the game was so close, and the Miners played so hard. I loved, I loved the, the atmosphere and how we came back from that first loss. It was brutal. And for us to fight this hard and just make – didn't go the whole the whole 40 minutes that last minute right there with those two easy buckets uh you'll see it in the, the, the miners will see it on the film coach will point it out 
rip who he needs to rip, and they'll, they'll be good next time. What do you think about this? these next two games, John? It's going to be a tough stretch. At Kansas, at New Mexico, can they win either of those? Ooh. Uh, if we if we can get some better three point shooting, uh, then we'll be able to uh, hang in there, keep it close, and have a chance. But if we can't get that three ball going, and then get better help defense, it, it won't be that. It won't be a, it won't be a good game. But those little things that that can get fixed in practice. So if we get that three ball going, a lot better percentage this this game compared to the other ones. It's so hard to watch when we're. We're missing, can't throw anything in the ocean. But if we get a three ball, we, we'll, we'll hang in. All right. Okay, John. Hey, appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Our phone number is 880-5763, telephone number to get into the show. Jason Williams in the house. Sal Monta is in the house. I'm Adrian Broadus, hosting here on Minor Talk. Jason, going back to you on this, I, I need to ask you. So uh, kind of like what we were talking about right there, UTEP takes on Kansas this upcoming week uh, on Tuesday over there in Kansas. Then they go on the road against New Mexico. It's a tough three-game stretch if you're a new team trying to build a foundation. I think going into uh, the next two games is, is games that, that can build confidence. Of, of course, uh, the game's going to be tough to win, but the main thing is to stay close and keep fighting how they did tonight and how they've been fighting all season. And I think if they can keep the game close, and that'll give the team confidence when we start to go into conference as they play Kansas and play two good teams like that in New Mexico. Yeah, those teams are going to really give you uh, what the best, uh, I guess kind of the best teams in Conference USA are probably going to give you. And, hey, Sal, we saw that UTEP team compete really well against Kansas last March. So nine months ago, uh, they compete really well against Kansas on the road. Who knows? Maybe this time they come in with some some fight. They show up defensively. Maybe, hey, we saw Dayton pull off a spoiler against Kansas. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't it be UTEP? And you know what? I'll, I'll do you one better. Last The time they played Kansas before that, when they had Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid, that was a good game as well. Hey, good call. 880-5763. That's our telephone number to get into the show. You remember that game? A, a. Wiggins and yeah, yeah. Embiid? I was overseas during that time, so I didn't get to watch it, but you know, I, I saw the stats and everything after. I'm, I'm glad you're yeah. here in El Paso now, Jason yes, Williams. I, I'm, I'm so happy. Yeah, so so tell us a little bit about what you're doing here in El Paso. Oh, well, you know, now I moved back to start my youth training program. Sweet. And, um, you know, also I have a, a foundation. Okay. You know, so I'm going to be doing a lot of things for the community, such as free camps. And, you know, um, two weeks ago we just did a turkey drive and, you know, hopefully do a lot more stuff for the city through my foundation. But, you know, my main thing is just trying to uh, – to help each and every kid through, through training, basketball, and, and just try to be a mentor to, to the kids in the city. Well, thank you for giving back to the city of El Paso, and thank you for being here on Minor Talk. I, I know you just wanted to talk some some UTEP hoops, and uh, this is a perfect time to do it with us. So I really appreciate it again, Jason. Uh, let's go back to Twitter. Tristan Pence tweets the show. Am I wrong thinking that UTEP should have fouled with about five seconds to go with fouls to give rather than allowing NMSU's best shooter to take the last shot of the game? We see that a lot in NBA, guys. I mean, I'll, I'll throw it to you first, Sal, and then you, Jason. We see that a lot in the NBA. They foul right when it's a, when it's getting to that point, yeah. when they shoot that shot. What do you guys think? You know what I think? I think um, these are two coaches who know each other well enough, who respect each other enough, are just going to leave it out there on the floor. And then also on the other side, let's say you do foul. You give New Mexico State a chance to drop something instead of them trying to think on the fly. So uh, you just got to roll with the punches. Jason, what do you think? And I think also with having a young team, you don't want to you don't want to make a mistake and make a foul on the guy shooting. 
So now he's shooting free throws also. So, And I think a lot of times by me playing overseas in America, a lot of coaches would, would take their chances with the guy taking a shot. Overseas, they rather take the foul, and then we're going to take our chance on offense. Yeah, it makes a lot it's, of it's sense. It's just different basketball. Yeah. But it's, it's either way, you know, if, if you have smart, smart enough team and a veteran team that know when to, when to foul, then it's a great idea to foul and maybe you get the ball back. Yeah, and maybe if you're an advanced analytics-driven team that, you yeah. know, uh, mm-hmm. plays the advanced stats, maybe you do that as well. Yes, so, sir. hey, interesting point. Interesting points on on all ends. Uh, let's go to the phones now, 880-5763. We'll welcome on Carson onto the program. Carson, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good evening. Um, uh, I might be in enemy territory here. I'm an Aggie fan. I just want to call in and say... Uh, hey, glad you're calling in. Thanks for calling in, Carson. Yeah, thank you for having me. I just wanted to thank all the Miners fans uh, for the hospitality. Um, you know, it's not very often that you go into foreign territory. You know, everyone else sitting around us were great sports. Um, that was great. I thought that was awesome. I wanted to talk about... Um, I was, just, I was kind of disappointed by the, the lack of fan attendance on, on both ends, you know, because Chris and El Paso are like 30, 40 minutes apart from each other, and they're just, you know, the lack of attendance for a rivalry game like that, that as soon as become more serious, more intense with the conference changes, just seemed was a little lackluster, I guess. Yeah, hey, Carson, good point. I mean, the attendance tonight, 6,392 in attendance at the Haskins Center. Uh, Number one, I thought that the students showed up, which was actually surprising. I think it was a lot of the student-athletes. I don't know if it was actual students, but those uh, student sections were filled. Uh, Carson, I'm with you, though. I think the crowd could have been just a little bit better, although I'll say when this one got real intense, this one was was a a must-watch. So it could have been 6,000. It could have been 16,000. I I thought the crowd was great when this one got really, really, uh, you know, really big. But uh, the, the previous uh, game at the Pan Am Center, that one drew about 8,000 fans. So uh, NMSU actually had more fans out for the first game of the Battle of I-10. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I will mirror you on that one. Is the, uh, you know, when, whenever you guys, UTEP, was getting some clutch shots, um, like that was, that was, make, it was making me nervous. I almost had a heart attack there. Um I was I was stressing out because the fans were really really getting into it. And but Carson, but Carson, the the bottom line is New Mexico State wouldn't miss when UTEP made that big shot. New Mexico State turned right back and they threw another haymaker at UTEP. It was like they silenced the crowd multiple times tonight. They refused to give that UTEP crowd momentum, and I, I think that's a lot of credit to Chris Jans and getting him back on the bench and having a veteran coach like that who doesn't lose in rivalry games uh, like he do, he's set, he's won seven games against UTEP has only lost one against the Miners, that's a veteran coach right there getting his players ready. And I'm not saying anything to knock UTEP. I'm just giving a lot of credit to the Aggies. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give credit right back. You know, UTEP played one hell of a game. Like, I was sitting there in my seat, and I was like, you know, I might be walking out of here with my head hanging low. And I'm like, you know, I'm okay with that because UTEP, you know, they they responded really well, especially starting off the uh, – after halftime, they just came out shooting like they were on fire, and that was uh, that made me very worried. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen I just those games like that to 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 be be comfortable whenever they make a shot left and right. But I'm happy that they won, as always. 
Hey, Carson, really appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Appreciate you stopping by the Haskins Center tonight. 880-5763, that's our telephone number to weigh in on the show. Jason, your thoughts on on Carson's call, or or Sal, your thoughts on it as well. We'll start with you, Jason. Um, yeah, you know, um, for me, it was a little different, you know, not seeing a lot of fans there, especially for a rivalry game. You know, um, even when both teams wasn't at their best, we still had a lot of fans. Um, but like he said tonight, you know, when the, when, the, when, when, the, when the players got into it, the crowd got into it. And, oh, yeah. But it was just so hard. NMSU kept silencing the crowd. We just couldn't get stops. So the crowd couldn't really go crazy like they really wanted to. You know, but it, it was a really good crowd um, compared to the, the first game I went to last week. You know, the crowd was better tonight. And, and fans keep supporting the team. You know, um, it's going to be a, a long season. But, hey, I believe in them, and y'all believe in them also. Sal, I'll turn it to you because we've seen uh, the fluctuating crowds here at UTEP. In fact, you you go back to that 2019 season where there was a lot of excitement. Uh, I look back at the Texas Tech exhibition game. I look back at that NMSU game, which UTEP ended up pulling off in that, uh, you know, with Bryson Williams and the likes of, you know, Nigel Hawkins, Jordan Lath, and all those guys. And then they beat. Uh, New Mexico, the Lobos, here in, at the Haskins Center as well. Going back to some of those games, I remember those being heavily attended matchups right there. Uh, is it is it you know building up to the hype? Is it what the world that we're living in right now, just still trying to get people back into the stands? Uh, what do you think, Sal? I think it's kind of a mixture of both. Uh, the the culture is just a lot more different nowadays. Fans aren't as rabid as they were, uh, you know, just about ten years ago or so. But uh, also, it, it just comes with the territory of winning. I think Coach Golding is instilling a certain type of culture, like a toughness uh, within, obviously within the team. But fans, day by day, you know, game by game, they're starting to take notice of that more. So I think once a couple more wins start rolling along you'll start to see a couple hundreds creep in more next thing you know you'll be at seven eight and if they're rolling in conference play Adrian in those meaningful games where they need those wins and the crowd makes a huge difference uh you know hopefully it's around you know maybe nine ten and and that those decibels just increase significantly you're going from six thousand which it was loud tonight when the miners needed it um you can just imagine how much crazier it can get if this team can start rolling no I'm with you I, I think that the I think that the crowd will come back I think that there will be more fans who come in attendance to this uh, this uh, to watch this team as the season goes on. I, I think that will definitely be the case. I totally agree with you there, Sal. Hey, uh, we are we are continuing here on Minor Talk. Our phone number is eight eight zero five seven six three. If you'd like to talk about this game with us, we're also at six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter. A lot of tweets to get to. Our presenting sponsor is Oscar Arietas Agency. They have been in El Paso for twenty four years, serving El Paso from the west side of Fabens. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, more phone calls at 880-5763 and also more tweets to get to. Adrian brought us along with former miner Jason Williams and Sal Montes here on Miner Talk. You're listening to Miner Talk right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Happy holidays from the Oscar Arieta Agency. Here's Oscar Arieta. The holidays are here and many of us are already making plans to safely enjoy this time of the year with our loved ones. As we start our holiday celebrations, let us not forget how blessed we are to have health, food on our tables, and most importantly, we will not let this pandemic define us. I am thankful for my community and wish nothing but blessings for you and your loved ones. From me, my family, and the Oscar Arrieta Agency, happy holidays and may God bless you. Hi, I'm Matt Keats, president of Keats Southwest. Since 1994, we have manufactured hundreds of metal components that people use in their everyday lives. 
A smoke detector can save the life of you and your loved ones. At Keats Southwest, we produce 10 to 15 million different components each year that are essential parts of each smoke detector. In addition, we deliver the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made here in El Paso. Learn more about Keats Southwest at KeatsSW.com. Experience unique flavors at Taco Avocat. First, start with a signature hand-rolled taco. Choose between chicken, pork, ground beef, Southwest chicken, or brisket tacos. Plus, vegan tacos are available. Potato, avocado, or bean tacos. Then choose your chips. Sweet potato, regular potato chips, or tostadas. Finally, choose a signature dip. Homemade queso, fresh guac, creamy buffalo, or sour cream. Taco about the options. All at Taco Avocat. 2114 North Zaragoza. Taco Avocat. Eat good for you fast food. No gluten and no sugar. Order online. TacoAvocat.com. Wind Supply El Paso is proud to team up with Champion Heating and Cooling to deliver the most unrivaled reliability, energy efficiency, and superior comfort you can count on. Wind Supply El Paso is the official distributor of Champion Heating and Cooling equipment for your home or business. If you own a home building or HVAC company, you need a reliable AC and furnace supply store. For more information on Champion equipment and an authorized dealer, contact us at 915-859-3817 and online at windsupplyelpaso.com. Howdy, I'm Lauren Hodges of Longhorn Distributing, and we welcome our new UTEP basketball coach, Joe Golding, to El Paso. And we welcome you to our store at 5516 East Paisano, where you'll find a wide variety of cleaning equipment, chemicals, and detail supplies, including the new ceramic coatings. And Longhorn Distributing is the only sales and service company for hot sea pressure washers in West Texas and Southern New Mexico. Call us for a demonstration at 915-772-9092, because nothing cleans like a hot sea. Download the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app now. Get all the latest in UTEP sports, UTEP athletic interviews, ESPN programming, and more. Touchdown! It's free, thanks to United Bank. We're back. Minor Talk is live. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis. Jason Williams, former minor great. He's in the house. We're talking UTEP hoops. If you'd like to do it with us, 8805763 is our telephone number. You can also tweet us at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter or use the hashtag Minor Talk. Yin Yang Samurai checks in on Twitter. What a dagger shot by Jabari Rice. Then to add insult to injury to the minor fans, hashtag minor talk. Yeah, he's basically waving goodbye. I'm, I'm here with you on that. Uh, Sleepy Kev, number five, our friend Kevin, tweets the show, UTEP centers need to have a little bit more common sense. When you double team one big man, you have to know that there will be another big man open in the paint. NMSU literally ran the same damn play for the last three minutes of the game. UTEP needs to fix that ASAP. Um, yeah, it, it, that was tough. They were just feasting in the paint, bottom line. Uh, Adrian at EnemyWin3 tweets us, How do the Miners get backdoored multiple times? Boom frequently got matched up with McCants. Golden got outcoached. No excuses. Hashtag Miner Talk. Um, I'll say this, Adrian. This is where, where I'll, I'll uh, push back a little bit. 
UTEP is going to get backdoored multiple times all year long. Just the style of defense they play. They play that press man, so they're kind of face-guarding players. They, they, they're sticking to guys like almost at their hips, and yeah, that, that happens a lot. You see teams almost game plan for it almost every offensive possession. They're trying to cut constantly against UTEP to get that wide open, screen, uh, wide open pass. And uh, yeah, I've, I saw a lot of guys who used that backdoor screen today and really were successful by, uh, by the Aggies. They did that in the first game. They did that tonight, and then they did it with their big men, who really found a lot of success in a big way tonight. Yeah, they attacked it huge, and uh, Coach Golding actually mentioned that. He said that that backdoor um, play by the opposition is going to be a big thing pretty much all season because that's just the kind of style they play. They're going to be in your face, and it's got to account for something, right? So if they're up near you, that means they're going to be more space behind whoever the defender is. So there's just going to be a lot more room for the opposition to work with. But what Coach Golding tries to counter with that is going to be that effort, that intensity, and something that really wasn't there for the Miners was the disruption of the passing lanes. Yeah, you know they're really good at you know deflecting passes, disrupting those possessions, making it hard for the other team to even move the ball. But New Mexico State just kind of two steps ahead tonight. Yeah, they they really were, and I you know all the credit to New Mexico State. They're a veteran group. That's a that's a team that knows how to win big games like that. You had uh, you had Jabari Rice score nineteen tonight. He led all scores. In- in tonight's game, actually co-led with Sule Boom, who also had 19. Uh, Will McNair Jr. had 18 points. Everything was down low for McNair. He was dunking all over the place. McCants had 10 points tonight, and Teddy Allen, who is uh, a really prime guard for this Aggies team, he had 15 points on 7 of 13 shooting, and then hit a three-pointer as well. Jason, as you look at this UTEP defense, how, how do you describe it to me? Because I've, I've said it's press, man. It's kind of like playing football, right? It's like a cornerback, D-back who's just looking at his wide receiver nonstop, and he's not going to look the other way. He might help here and there, but he's going to be primarily focused on his man. I think the main thing is is everybody having confidence that he's going to have help. You know, um, you know, we play defense like that also when I was here at UTEP, but, you know, your rotations have to be there if you're going to play that type And they of weren't defense. there tonight. And they weren't there tonight. Your, your your guy on the weak side, he can't be over there stuck on his man. He has to be in help side when the guy's denying on the strong side with the ball because nobody's there to help him on the back door. And once they, they understand that they have to help each other and rotate, then that's when they're going to be better on defense because tonight it killed them, the help the helper. It had one help, but the other helper didn't rotate to help the helper. I see. So it's not just about just getting that first, first initial help. help. It's the second help and then a the third help. Because also, when a big man was catching, instead of the guards walling up, they were moving out the way. So that would give an easy layup for the big man down low. So they would help, but it wasn't strong help also tonight. Okay, so is that the blueprint to beat UTEP? And if, if that's the case, is it is UTEP just a player short? That's my biggest – is that the bigger picture question when you look at this season? Are they a player short down low? They, they need a guy to be a you know that dude down low who could be that perimeter uh, defender. And, and maybe it's Titus. Maybe it is him. But he's, he's hurt right now. He's dealing with back spasms and hasn't really had much success this year um, You know, and hasn't found his stride like we've seen him in years past. Are they missing? Are they one guy too sh- uh, short? Yes, I think um, the big men are very young, and they they really would could use an athletic big man, a guy that also who's gonna ball and score. You know, um, so they need a Jason Williams on the team. 
Yeah, or to John Tofi. Okay. A guy that you can – because with the type of offense that they're running, they're running the same thing that we used to run, the two-game high-low offense. So by you running the high-low offense, you have to have a, a, a good big man. You know, and, and their big men, they're open a lot. But, you know, they they have to eventually work on their offensive game to where the guards feel confident to give them the ball to score. Sal, who do you think it could be? If you had to pick one guy for this UTEP, you know, for UTEP to mold and, and make into that big man who could who could become that or, or who could at least yeah. be reliable down low, who is that for them? So so just effort-wise, one guy pops into my mind, and that's uh, Kalu. But okay. the, the thing with that is that uh, he's just he's so young. Yeah, you know, right he's now he's a freshman, true yeah. fresh, eighteen years old, man. It, and the like, thing with this team is that they're receiving contributions from guys out of the quote unquote natural positions, right? Like you look at Sibley, and he naturally a three, but having to play a lot of four due to foul trouble when it came to um, when it came to Titus Verhoeven. So that's right. Titus is supposed to be the man. Unfortunately, I think he got like eleven minutes tonight. Wasn't able to really be as effective as he normally is because the miners needed that physicality. Um, but once that is out the out the window because of foul trouble, the game plan completely switches. So to answer your question, though, I know I went off on a tangent. Uh, I think it's um, I think it'll be uh, Kevin Kalu, a.k.a. Bitcoin Kev. Yeah, Kevin Coin. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, our phone number is 880-5763. Telephone number to get into the program. Let's go back to Twitter. A lot of tweets to get to. Jonathan Byers tweets us, respect was earned tonight. Tough loss. I wasn't proud of this team until tonight. I saw some good things out there. Looks like we found our most effective lineup. This is what he thinks is their most effective lineup. Ready? And you tell me what you think, Sal. I think this might be really close to what you've had before. Jamal Biennemi at the point, Sule Boom at the shooting guard spot, uh, Keontae Kennedy at the three, Jamari Sibley at the four, and then instead of Titus Verhoeven at the center spot, he wants Kevin Kalu to play that true center role. What do you think, Sal? You know what? I I think I had it similar. The only difference is I had Titus instead of uh, Sibley. So okay. I had Kalu at the four with uh, Titus at the five. However, with the way that this team plays in, in any situation that's presented, they're going to rotate so much. So you're going to see those two lineups and a variety of others throughout a large portion of the season. That was their crunch time lineup mm-hmm. tonight. I, I was thinking, I was going crazy in my head thinking, this freshman, this 18-year-old out of Baltimore who no one recruited in Kevin Kalu is playing crunch time minutes in a key non-conference game against New Mexico State. Man, that guy grew up tonight. I mean, you say yeah. no points. I get it. He struggled defensively, but he grew up tonight. He's get, he's going to get better. You you talk to us three years from now, if you if Kevin Kalu is still on this UTEP basketball team, I guarantee He's a ton, ton, a ton better than what he is right now. And you know what? Down the road, let's say sometime in February, I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I'll just throw a hypothetical. There's a game against Rice and, you know, a couple of points. It's within reach, and the Miners need a big, big rebounder, right? Well, hey, I have experience against Johnny McCants and against Will McNair in a close game. Two close games. Okay, I think I could take over on the boards. That's what I think Kevin Kalu could be. I think so, too. Um, our telephone number is 880-5763. Herman Flores checks in. 50 points allowed in the paint. That was the game. Layup after layup after layup. Yeah, when you look at the box score, like me, uh, for me, Jason, I didn't really look too much at the box score throughout this game. I was looking at numbers like rebounding, which I was impressed that UTEP won the rebounding margin, 32-27. I was, of course, looking at shooting percentage because I thought to myself, how is UTEP in this game when they've shot 39% from the floor in the first half? Uh, Couldn't really get things going from beyond the arc, but still shot 41%, 36% from beyond the arc. Uh, 
and then they allow New Mexico State to shoot 57%. But point is, they allow 50 52 points in the paint against New Mexico State. That's a that's an eye-popping stat that really shows you that UTEP's got to lock down when it comes to their interior defense, Jason. Yes, I definitely agree. Um, you know, and like I said, you know, by them having young big men, you know, and, and they're not too athletic right now, so they're, they're still going to struggle. But, you know, um, it's going to take time, and they really could use uh, some big men down low. Hopefully the next game, Titus, his back could be better. And, you know, as we can start seeing him um, do a lot more this season because uh, he was really a good player at yeah. Junior College last year. So um, I think he could score. We just have, he just have to get used to the Division One level also. Yeah. The and, intensity and, is different. And, and Titus is somebody who has been with this program now uh, for a while. And, and and it's just, I don't know if it's the injuries. I don't know if it's just he's not. It's a tougher role that he's in right now. Hey, he had Bryson Williams alongside him last year. So a lot of eyes weren't necessarily on Titus. A lot of eyes were on Bryson Williams. So that's one of the things that I look at, too, is, is that now he's in a role where everybody's got their eyes on Titus that's probably a, a you know something that has has something to do with it as well mm-hmm. Mike Salcedo checks in on Twitter UTEP needs to find another guy who could put the ball in the hole soon or it's going to be a long season yeah that's what yeah that's what Mike checks in and and says uh, they do need some scoring relief yeah um and I definitely think they need a a, a true point guard I think that will help also having a true point guard because you can't win games having seven assists that means you're not sharing the ball that mean guys are are shooting off the dribble. Yeah. You know, so I understand. You know, I think uh sharing the ball more will help create better shot opportunities. And they probably will make more shots if you share the ball more also. Dribble yeah. penetrate more. We didn't see a lot of dribble penetrate. We see a lot of guys driving to score. But we didn't see a lot of guys driving and kicking out and the ball moving around the horn. And I think as as they go along, if we could see more of that, it'll be great also. If UTEP wins this game, I'm heralding Jamal Bienemy as the point guard. Like I'm thinking, man, this guy, score first point guard. Doesn't matter that he's not necessarily sharing the ball as much as he did last year. Led the, remember, led the team last year in assists. This year is asked to be more of a score first guy, but shoots 5 of 15 today, 11 points. Makes a lot of buckets when it counts. Helped the Miners in a big way in that 7-0 run that they had. But Sal, we've we've had debates, heated debates, even on this show, <laughs> on on uh, Jamal Bienemy's role and identity yeah. on this team. Now I know that uh, Joe Golding has said point guards are defined by victories, like how many how many times you win games. So uh, I'm I'm interested. I mean, Jason just posed that question out there. When when can UTEP get that true point guard? And I don't know. I mean, if Jamal Bienemy's asked to be a spo- uh, score first guard. I don't know what kind of role uh, he'll have with this team moving forward or what kind of uh, you know assist numbers we're going to see from him as, as the season goes on. Yeah, I, I think identities are huge. I think when it comes to scoring, who is the first name you think of when you look at the roster? Boom. Boom. There it is. You know, So he's got to be the guy to lead the way in the scoring column. And you got to have a captain of the offense, and that being Jamal Biennemi. He, he got it done when the minors needed. However, uh, 5 for 15, you know, when shots are hard to come by, it's not necessarily a really good number. Uh, however, guys pitched in at different times. Sibley had those those threes oh, near the man. end, which were clutch. So guys are, are making their calling. And also, too, we're, we're having this this identity crisis, so to speak, after a three-point loss. Games where the Miners uh, had some blocked shots when they tried to get some buckets in transition. Things that NMSU was just two steps ahead of. So you just got to kind of 
watch the film, learn from those mistakes, and move on. At the end of the day, it was still a really good game. Uh, just a, a couple plays here and there, and we could be having a different conversation. Minor Joe tweets the show, Trust the process. I am sold. We finally have a real coach. Hashtag Minor Strong. Wow. Uh, yeah, a bold statement there by Minor Joe. Uh, at... YYY8 tweets us, all Sibley needed was confidence. He's only going to get better. Still only a freshman by eligibility. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the Georgetown transfer in Jamari Sibley, 18 points today on 7 of 9 shooting, two three-pointers in this one. Never, I've never seen him attempt threes like that where he had that much confidence. But I've never also seen Jamari Sibley rebound like he did tonight. Seven rebounds. Uh, I know he struggled when it came to the interior defense. I know that um, he might be a little raw when it comes to certain things, like you know taking those uh, shots that were open early into the game. But uh, I thought by far, by far, Jamari Sibley was the most valuable player on the floor tonight for UTEP. He uh, is continuing to blossom into a great athlete, great player for this team. Yeah, I can't wait. He's another guy like Kevin Kalu. Talk to me in three years if he's still <laughs> on this UTEP basketball team. This guy's got some. You know, this guy can really go places uh, down the line. Yeah, what what I love about Sibley and uh, Steve Yellen said it best in the post game uh, when he was talking to uh, Coach Golding. Said he's he's a really good decision maker. I, I mean, we saw that that he was able to make the right move with the ball and also went to attack the glass on, on the defensive side of things. So definitely able to make some plays. But I think a couple games ago, people were uh, riding on him about he needs to be more decisive or stop being indecisive, do something. I think he heard you guys and, and he's <laughs> shutting up some people. I hear you on that one. Uh, let's keep going on Twitter. At Sad UTEP, this guy tweets the show. Can someone please tell Jim Center to turn on the old scoreboard? I know there is one board that has the stats, but having all the stats on all four corners of the Don is so much better. Am I the only one that misses these scoreboards? Hey, that's a good point. I don't I don't really I mean, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I guess I can remember where they had scoreboards like legit everywhere with all the stats. They just threw numbers out there. Um I, I know it's not a gym center question though. It's probably a UTEP basketball question, but interesting point there at sad UTEP. Um another tweet to get to. King Eric checks in on Twitter. My boy or he said, boy. McCants and Jabari Rice are so good. Heartbreaker. Yes, Titus fouled out, but can, but someone else has to step up in that case. The lack of defense in the paint really killed them. It also doesn't help when you keep shooting threes when they won't go in. Um, interesting point there by Eric. We've talked about it a lot. And, uh, and you know, Jason, since you're a new guest here on Minor Talk, uh, give me your take. UTEP shoots a lot of threes when maybe their better option would be to drive to the basket. Although I think that's, I've said this, I've maintained it. I'm going to keep saying it again. It's just where the sport is right now. College basketball, high school basketball, pro basketball, everybody loves to shoot the three. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Steph Curry changed the game, you know, uh, when he when he started shooting threes that way. And um, what, what people have to understand and players have to understand that everybody's not Steph Curry. You have to take good shots. Nothing wrong with taking threes, but I think too many threes off the dribble is bad. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe coming off the screen if you're that type of shooter or spot-up shooters, um, driving kick shots, pass inside, kick out. And in college, I think those are good threes because over my 14-year profession, there's not many guys that can just pull up and shoot threes consistently. Yeah. I've I never seen it. It's, it's not many guys. It's so Steph what do Curry. you tell kids when they do that? 
me personally, I I have to I have to take you out. I have to let you know it's it's not a good shot. Wow. Because you got to be smart, especially in the second half of games when it's crunch time. You have to take good shots. You yeah. have to take good shots. Makes total sense. You have to take good shots. If you come off the screen and and you wide open, take the shot. But you don't have to dribble, dribble, and take a three or force a three. Yeah, I can't. I can't stand when they're pounding the rocks out and then, and and then they're jacking three. up that yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah, we see it all the time, especially against Marshall. They shoot like 33s a game. Those yeah. guys are, are a lot different. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of just where the game is now, finding a really good shot, as he was saying, especially when those possessions are, are harder to score on. The margin for error is a lot slimmer. I mean, and in this game in particular, New Mexico State was taking that easy shot, the wide-open bucket at the cup so that that was the big difference right there oh no doubt they were finding the inside time pre- time again, yeah, yeah non-stop 52 points inside the paint they had 52 of their 72 points inside the paint uh let's go to the phones right now our phone number is 880-5763 we're presented by the oscar arieta agency hang with us we're going to give our two awards later on in the game our hot hand award brought to you by wind supply el paso and our player of the game thanks to keith southwest but let's go to hunter first on the phone lines right now 880 Six three Hunter, what's going on? Good evening, man. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Doing fine, Hunter. What about you, man? I can't complain, man. It was a good basketball game. Uh, two well-coached teams, and I think, uh, <laughs> you know, it's good when we're upset about uh, losing a game against a perennial NCAA tournament team, even though they're a, they're a rival, you know, you got to respect them. Uh, yeah. And I think that... I think UTEP still. We we all know they're they're undermanned this year. I mean, they they tried to recruit a big man and they couldn't, and so we we knew that that, that was going to be the weakness. And and I, I still think uh, with this good coaching staff that's in place, you can see that they're getting the most out of what they have, and and that's promising to me. Um, they the uh, the guard play picked it up in the second half. You know, Bienemy had a couple sloppy turnovers and all that, but the. The guard plays there. The defense is there. Uh, perimeter defense, should I say? I mean, 52 points in the paint, inexcusable. But uh, I, I still think they're they're further ahead than 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 I anticipated, at least. And uh, there's there's no need to panic. I think NMSU would finish in the top half of Conference USA, and that's a good sign for UTEP. I think they're going to finish top half of the conference, and I'd love to expect more, but I think we're asking too much of a first-year uh, Joe Golden team. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm with you on that, Hunter. What do you think about these next two games, though? It's it's going to be a tough stretch. You know, man, the, the way they defend, uh, the only thing I was really disappointed in is is how did you not adjust? I understand that he's trying to take the perimeter away. I think New Mexico State was averaging close to 33-point attempts a game, and they only they only shot 10 today. I get, I get it. That That was the game plan. I'm not going to question it, but I mean, how many times are you going to get burned by the same exact thing? This defense, the way they play defense, it's a team defense. You have to rely on on your teammates to get your back, and it just wasn't happening. You know, that should take one time out, and should take the coach getting on some people, reminding them of their defensive principles, and fix it. There were way too many easy shots, and and that I think that was the only disappointing thing that I that I really walked away from saying, man, how, how many times are you going to get burned by the same thing? I didn't and, and zero. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it, it's interesting because I find out today, and, and I'm with you, I, I think the in-game adjustments, that's that's one thing for sure, but I, I did find it interesting, kind of on a different note, I found it very interesting that it's 
UTEP has only played, only had two practices with their full team. I mean, between the Sule Boom injury, the COVID nineteen, um, you know, protocols that both he and Christian Agnew had to endure over uh, the last week, and you know, you saw the miners go one and one over that week. It's been it's been kind of challenging for this coaching staff to get everybody all together, and so yeah, I'm with you on you know Joe Golding and the staff getting the most out of their players right now, and maybe still being under man being a guy short now I think I'm really I'm really really interested in recruiting this offseason and who could who what that missing piece could end up doing for them next year and how um, you know they could take it to another level and how they could try to win some of these closer games that they're you know in they're in these games they just need to try to win them in the end you know I hate the what if everything but I mean imagine this team with Bryson Williams because that's, Ima- that's wait, wait, I'll just stop you imagine this team with FEODG let's just say that <laughs> Yeah, any low post presence because Titus isn't it, man. I don't, I don't care. I know you guys like him, and I know from my calls in the past, you know how I feel about him. He's not it. He, uh, like uh, Jason Williams said, which hey, great to see him in El Paso, man. And those were some great, some great mid two thousand teams there. But uh, they they need somebody that can score the ball. This defense relies on it. That inside presence has to at least be a threat to score. They don't have that threat. They don't have. The defense kid doesn't have to respect it. If I was playing UTEP and I'm on the other team, I'm playing a 2-3 and I'm packing the paint. And these guys are going to shoot 20-something percent from three. Sule Boom's going to take 15 ill-advised shots. That's Okay, I'm sorry. Two things that upset me today were the lack of adjustments defensively. And in close games, man, it's all about shot selection. Possessions are so important down the stretch. You should not jack up threes that are out of rhythm. Work for a good shot. Take a very good shot. Take a high-percentage shot, not the first one that presents itself. So, you know, I, I hope that's something he harps on and, and they learn from and move forward. And uh, one thing that's also lacking, man, that I think, you know, especially during Jason's time there, was uh, they need some toughness, man. They, they need some toughness to go out there and have some pride and, and, and you know, get in a scuffle or two, you know, just show some toughness out there. I like it. Hey, Hunter, appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for calling in. Yes, sir, and I, and I, and like you say, I think having a, a real leader on the court will help. You know, uh, a guy that's going to get all the guys to huddle up and talk to the guys to calm them down, especially by them having a lot of young guys. You know, having a guy that when they have shooting free throws, that's going to huddle everybody up and talk to everybody. I think that that will really help them go along also. And like he said, once they they get more physical, then they, they they'll still get better. I get the shot selection, Sal, and how he's frustrated at times with Sule Boom. But at the same point, man, where are you getting those 19 points that Sule Boom brought you today? Yeah, because majority of the time when it comes to the UTEP offense and nothing is falling, Sule Boom is the one to be like, all right, guys, get on my back. Let's score as much as possible because those other guys aren't hitting the shots. Might as well have your best player take those shots. But uh, I think the effort is there. That's one thing. Now, that toughness is going to be there once once things start clicking, you know, here and there. They'll start to get rolling, and you'll start to see a way, way different team. But at the end of the day, Adrian, that effort is keeping them in these games. If they clean up a couple of things here or there, it's a way different conversation. Let's uh, go to the phones right now. It's Esteban who's joining us next, 880-5763. We've got two lines available. If you'd like to call in, now is the time to do it. Esteban, what's going on? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. Esteban, go ahead. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to, I think like 10 or 10 people already made the point I wanted to make that. Forget about the three-pointers, man. Right the <laughs> yeah, are you one of those who just can't stand three pointers? I can't. Three, I can't stand three pointers. Yeah, so I think like 
People already made the point I wanted to make, but anyways, just wanted to call in. No, no, no. I keep going there, Esteban. What is it that frustrates you about the shot selection? Because they miss them. <laughs> you know, and I think uh, two points is better than three. Wow, interesting. Some nerds would say would suggest otherwise. Nerds would say that uh, that you know, and I'm talking nerds in basketball, like the advanced yeah. analytic guys. They they're the ones who love, and I'm telling you, they love the three point shot. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not a big. Uh, I don't know a lot about basketball. I'm just a novice. So, but just from watching from as a, as a novice, that it seems to me like, damn, they would have driven to the basket. Yeah, would have got two points, you know. Anyway, thank you for taking my call, sir. All right, I appreciate it, Esteban. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you weighing in. This is Chris Jans after the game. Appreciate our own Steve Kaplowitz for sending us that. Chris Jans going absolutely crazy inside the New Mexico State men's basketball locker room following the victory. You could tell why this is an emotional victory for yeah. him, Sal, because he's out last week due to COVID-19. He uh, They lose in a very, very uh, interesting game to New Mexico. That mm-hmm. was one of those that's like, oh, like, At home. Too. Yeah, at home. And you're raising your eyebrows. The Aggies go off to take on the Lobos in the pit. I believe it's December 9th. Uh, three days before the Miners head out there to Albuquerque to take on the Lobos. But, yeah, following that emotional loss, he's jacked up about his team securing a victory on the road against the Miners. Yeah, and I'll even throw in a, a, another portion there. How about leveraging the uh, the interview with UTEP for some more pay with New Mexico State? There it's you another go. thing, too. I mean, this is a guy who Ooh, who's, Sal, who's bringing to, in the points. He, I love it. He's good, good to go stuff. anywhere. This is a this is a guy who oh. can coach flat out, a guy who can recruit. I don't know if you guys have, uh, have seen this Aggies team over the years, but, you know, this guy has Serge Barry Rice. I mean, he's able to to extend the career of Johnny McCants and keep him as an integral part. This is a really, really good coach. Trev McQueen, he's in the G League right now. Oh, but yeah. Long story short, this is a guy who knows how to coach and deserves the money uh, that he's being paid. Deserves more of it, to be, to be honest with you. But at the end of the day... Um, just so many ties with Coach Jans. Also knowing Coach Golden. Also, it's a rivalry game. Just so many things there. So credit to Coach Jans um, in this win. But go Miners. Hey, I'm going to say this. Uh, that is a great point that you brought up about Chris Jans and that contract extension. Because let's let's uh, remind everybody. Jan and we said it in the first matchup. Jans interviewed for this UTEP head coaching vacancy following Rodney Terry's departure to Texas. J- Jans wanted this job. Jans was a finalist. And instead, UTEP selects Joe Golding. And now you have Jans with a little bit more, you know, energy. I mean, he wants to beat UTEP yeah. in a bit. He wants to beat them twice every year. 7-1 all-time against the Miners. And, uh, yeah, again, the Aggies have won 12 of the last 13 matchups against UTEP. Isn't that crazy, Jason? You've never lost, you never lost to the Aggies during your, your uh, minor career. Yes, it's crazy. It's real crazy to say 12 out of the last 13. But, you know, at the same time, we've been having a lot of turnover. You know, um, he's been there for, for a couple of years now. Yeah, you know, um, that's you true. Know, UTEP, we, we had uh, Tim Floyd, and then we had a coach last year. And, yeah. you know, he was only here two years. Then when Tim Floyd was here, we was losing a lot of players also. So, you know, um, that hurts when players are leaving, and then you get in new coaches. You know, and then when you have a new coach, and he has a lot of freshmen, a lot of young guys. So it'll take time. 
you know, unless they can find a, a, a veteran JUCO guy that maybe can come in and impact the team next season, that will really help. Yeah, I understand that for sure. Hey, let's take a time out right now. When we come back, more phone calls to get to. A lot of tweets to still get to as well. Our phone number is 880-5763, telephone number to get into the show. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Minor Talk continues after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. Happy holidays from the Oscar Arietta Agency. Here's Oscar Arietta. The holidays are here, and many of us are already making plans to safely enjoy this time of the year with our loved ones. As we start our holiday celebrations, let us not forget how blessed we are to have health, food on our tables, and most importantly, we will not let this pandemic define us. I am thankful for my community and wish nothing but blessings for you and your loved ones. From me, my family, and the Oscar Arrieta Agency, happy holidays, and may God bless you. Hi, I'm Matt Keats, president of Keats Southwest. Since 1994, we have manufactured hundreds of metal components that people use in their everyday lives. A garage door opener is something commonly found in homes and cars all across the country. In fact, we produce 10 to 15 million garage door visor clips for your remote controls. In addition, we deliver the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made here in El Paso. Learn more about Keats Southwest at KeatsSW.com. Experience unique flavors at Taco Avocados. First, start with a signature hand-rolled taco. Choose between chicken, pork, ground beef, Southwest chicken, or brisket tacos. Plus, vegan tacos are available. Potato, avocado, or bean tacos. Then choose your chips. Sweet potato, regular potato chips, or tostadas. Finally, choose a signature dip. Homemade queso, fresh guac, creamy buffalo, or sour cream. Taco about the options. All at Taco Avocados. 2114 North Zaragoza. Taco Avocados. Eat good for you fast food. No gluten and no sugar. Order online. TacoAvocado.com. This is Steve Kaplowitz, and 600 ESPN El Paso has a great way for you to enjoy sports talk on demand. Download our show by subscribing to the free 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts on your Apple or Google Play device. After that, you can enjoy the best of sports talk each day, delivered commercial-free to your phone or tablet. That's right, all the best calls, interviews, and insight with the touch of a button so you never miss a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts. When winter weather impacts us, here in the borderland, it can bring things to a halt in a big hurry. And that's why the ABC7 Storm Track Weather Team has the most up-to-date technology and the most experience. We use street-level tracking to let you know exactly what's going on in your neighborhood. And our future track model to show you when, where, and how much wind, rain, or snow we expect. With Traffic Track, we can tell you where that problem is and how to avoid it. The ABC7 Storm Track Weather Team. With the tools and experience to keep your family safe. Wind Supply El Paso is proud to team up with Champion Heating and Cooling to deliver the most unrivaled reliability, energy efficiency, and superior comfort you can count on. Wind Supply El Paso is the official distributor of Champion Heating and Cooling equipment for your home or business. If you own a home building or HVAC company, you need a reliable AC and furnace supply store. For more information on Champion equipment and an authorized dealer, contact us at 915-859-3817 and online at windsupplyelpaso.com. Download the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app now. Get all the latest in UTEP sports, UTEP athletic interviews, ESPN programming, and more. Touchdown! It's free, thanks to United Bank. All right, welcome back. 
Minor Talk continues. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Broadus. Together we bring you Minor Talk after every UTEP men's basketball game. Our telephone number is 880-5763. We've got lines available. If you would like to talk about the Battle of I-10, now is the time to do it. New Mexico State defeats UTEP 72-69. Our uh, Twitter handle is 600ESPN El Paso on Twitter, and you can also use the hashtag Minor Talk, and we'll read your tweets live on the air. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, seven locations across El Paso. If you need any help with your home, auto, or life insurance needs, no matter the budget, the Oscar Arieta Agency will help you out. Get started online at OscarArietaAgency.com. Even, you know, it's almost the end of the year. This is a perfect time to compare your policy. Again, OscarArietaAgency.com. We'll bring you our awards here later on in the show. It's our hot hand of the game, thanks to Win Supply El Paso, along with our player of the game, brought to you by Keith Southwest. Big shout-out to UTEP Volleyball for defeating, who is this today, Sal? Is this Colorado State? They beat? Uh, that's uh, that's huge for uh, the UTEP volleyball team getting uh, the dub uh, in the postseason play. So yeah, I, I love it, man. Oh, actually, they're, they're still going on right now. It's set number four. Miners up seventeen uh, fifteen. Let's go. I love Wait, it. Wait, it's CS. It, yeah, this is Colorado State. CSU. Yeah. Yep. They, All right. They won the third set twenty five eighteen. So they took the advantage. Let's see if they can close things out. We'll keep uh, people posted on UTEP Volleyball. Big shout-out to uh, Ben Wallace and that squad as well. Hey, let's uh, continue here on UTEP Basketball. We're talking about this team. Uh, Again, I'm going to just say it. I I really was proud of the fight that this UTEP men's basketball team showed tonight. They're young. They're still uh, instilling the foundation for this team right now. We've got former minor Jason Williams in the house as well. He's been uh, gracious enough to stick around and uh, even speak with some of our callers as well. So really appreciate that, Jason. Uh, we got let's uh, let's talk player by player right now. Uh, we'll start off with Titus Verhoeven. We touched on it a little bit, but let's just go full full. Uh, you know, I guess let's talk about it in total. He plays 12 minutes today. Has a block. Fouls out immediately, pretty much. He racks up three fouls in the first half. It, in Within the first 90 seconds of the second half, he racks up his fourth foul. And then he goes to the ba- to the bench, and he gets this back brace, or like this back thing, that he wraps around his waist, and it's clearly heating up his back to try to relieve pain or, or discomfort or whatever. And uh, I look at him, and he says back spasms. Uh, so that so he's dealing with some kind of back spasms right now, uh, Titus Verhoeven. You feel for him because if he's not playing his best and he's going through some kind of injuries or just not feeling right, uh, you feel for Titus in a big way, man. You, they need Titus Verhoeven to be his best. Uh, he really puts out a lot for this team as far as effort, and you know he really tries. But man, today just really struggled in this one. So I like mm-hmm. the turnaround shots that he he attempted today. He had those like low post shots where he was trying to back up uh johnny mccann's but then i saw johnny mccann's like put his forearm on Mm -hmm. on his back man that's you know that's a lot of uh weight right there going up against somebody who's a little slimmer and uh you know he's got the size but he's a little slimmer on that yeah that's just experience and knowing how you could wear down your opponent johnny mccann's does that just about every game He, he he plays more than the basketball game he plays a mental game as well so when it comes to uh uh back to titus rather uh that's just the depth that the minors uh are lacking right now titus goes out and you got to basically kind of change some things around and, and throw some more big men out there. Uh, you know, you hope that he could be healthy. He's a guy, just along with everybody else, who gives it 110% every night. They practice hard and they prepare for these games hard. It's just when those things happen, it really throws a wrench in the system. Jason, it, let me ask you, because 
if you're a senior, if this is your last year, like like take me as, as a player. If you're a senior and you're kind of struggling to start, but you came into the off season with all this hype, you know, and you had you came into this year having some high expectations. I'm not saying that Titus is falling below those expectations. I just feel like his expectations were pretty much through the roof for himself, and he's just not there yet. How difficult is that if you're a senior, just mentally, you know, and it's your last year wanting to have that success. I think you know about him being a senior. You know he's been he's been there before. Okay, you know, so um, you think he can handle it? Yeah, I'm sure he can handle it. Uh, you know it's basketball. You know every game ain't ain't gonna be perfect. You know and you're gonna have bad bad times during during the season. You know it's just about staying positive and and, and trusting your work ethic. You know and and maybe that's something. Maybe getting in the gym or also can help. You yeah, know, I don't know. Sure. you know what's going on, but. You know, sometimes, you know, that can help also. Just get in the gym and just just keep working. Stay positive. That's the main thing. He can't get down on himself because he is the senior, so he has to lead. So he has to keep playing. Even if he's not scoring, he has to find other ways to, to help the team. And I'm sure he's going to do that. Okay. I, I like it. I like the perspective right there. Uh, I'm going to move on to Keontae Kennedy, second player we'll talk about right now. Number three for the Miners and uh, Xavier Transfer. He said earlier this week that, uh, and I think you'll appreciate this one, Sal, the fact that Xavier Cincinnati is such a huge rivalry out there in the Midwest, and he experienced that. He comes here to El Paso, realizes yeah. that the Battle of I-10 just is crazy, just as of an intense rivalry, and you love that. But uh, I'm, I'm ready to say this. We, we've been hard on Keontae Kennedy. I feel like it's justified at times because, you know, at times uh, his offense isn't there. I loved his game tonight. I, yeah. I'm just going to tell you, he had a lot of aggression. I, I think he's their best. I, I'm not kidding you. I think he's UTEP's best rebounder, and I think he's yeah. also UTEP's best defensive player I think he like you he was on Mm -hmm. Teddy Allen all night tonight and I know Teddy Allen got 15 and he's gonna get more than that you know um when you see when you watch Teddy Allen play uh you know continuously but I thought Keontae Kennedy had a phenomenal game two turnovers but he did have a steal 35 minutes of action played like a true vet he's that Swiss Army knife a guy who's gonna do just about everything for the minors and uh I'm going to be a little bit humorous here, but I know why you love this performance and I love this performance. It's because he was three for six. You know, the, the shots weren't in the double digits. Uh, but aside yeah. from that, this is a guy who I think is learning every game how valuable those possessions are. And if it's not for him to score, it's not going to be it. Is he going to be available for that offensive rebound? Is he going to set screens? I think game by game, he's getting better. And this is a guy who is already, in my opinion, one of UTEP's best uh, or the best all around player, but one of. UTEP's best players in general. Jamal Bienemy struggled. Point guard for the Miners struggled early on to get anything uh, falling. And I was thinking to myself, man, is this going to be one of those games where Sule is scoring, Jamari Sibley is scoring, but they can't get any scoring efforts from Bienemy? But then he reels off seven straight when the Miners try to come back in this game. They tie it up at 63 all. And uh, Jamal Bienemy, 11 points on 5 of 15 shooting. In this one, kind of like what Jason was talking about earlier, three turnovers to assists remember last year Sal when uh, Jamal Bienemy had one of the best assist to turnover ratios not just in conference you say yeah, but in the in country, the country yeah. he was like top 25 assist to turnover ratio and his whole game has changed and I think 
I don't know if it's for the better, but I like his swagger. I like the, the swagger yeah. he brings. And, like, after the, he hits that big shot, he's the one who's, like, really fiery. And you don't see that from a soft-spoken mm-hmm. guy like JB. Uh, but I, I've been a fan of his this whole year. I just, you know, going to going back to some things that uh, uh, Jason was suggesting, they need him to be that pass-first guy and initiate yeah. the offense. I know he wants to be the guy who scores, but they need the help initiating. Yeah, and, and you know what? Here's the interesting thing, because last year it was really a about him trying to be that pass-first guy. He, he was looking to make plays by passing. Now he's just trying to make plays. Is it by pass or is it by scoring? So it comes at a cost. He's turning it over more. He's missing shots. So so those, in turn, uh, go back to the other team. So it's essentially a lost possession. Uh, but really, you also gain that, that fire, that intensity, that yeah. passion that he plays with. So, uh, I mean, it's just a matter of do you want him – to pass all the time and you know try to rack up those assists or try to make plays it just depends on if he's on fire that night yeah good point there Sal 8805763 that's our telephone number if you've been trying to get in now's the time to do it we're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter Jason I'll throw it back to you for Jamal Bienemy can you be both how do you balance both um i think i think by him turning into a score this year i think he just have to find a, the medium you know, he has That's to right. find a way to be aggressive, but also he has to understand that he has to get a lot of guys involved. And what I mean by involved, you have to get him a bucket. You have to get to the to the rack and hand the ball to your big man, create a shot for him to get an easy layup. Why is that important? Because now you have a better percentage at two also, and you're getting high-volume shots if you're penetrating and you're making somebody help and you dish it to the big man. And I think he has to be aggressive also. They need him to do that. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, they need him to score also. I think it's just him um, when he's doing some of the pick and rolls, just getting off the ball a little quicker. Okay. And then maybe getting it back. Okay, you I know, like that. Maybe getting off it a little quicker and getting it back. Okay, I like that a lot. Uh, uh, back to Twitter. We'll get to players, uh, more players in a little bit. Then we'll get to Rob. Uh, King Eric tweets the show. Also, the only reason they were in that Kansas game was because of Bryson Williams. Like he did all last year, he carried them. Sal, so, would you agree with that? What would you? I, I didn't think Bryson, Bryson had an okay game, but I didn't remember Bryson oh, having like the standout game against Kansas. I might be remembering that wrong. Yeah, you know what? I think you are, Adrian. Matter of fact, when he put up his highlight tape, uh, when he was decided where to I, transfer, I, I am remembering well, this wrong. Yeah, yeah. that Bryson Williams killed at that game. Let me pull up these stats. Um, for some reason, the box score is not showing up, but this is a guy who I think he had one of his best uh, best plays. He he just made this quick cut to the hoop. I got to pull up the box score. Let me know if you. Okay, find I've it got first. the box score. Okay, what are the stats? Oh man, I was totally wrong. Yeah, yeah I was I was very <laughs> wrong. So uh, Bryson Williams, twenty three points in thirty five minutes, thirteen rebounds. He posted double double against number twelve Kansas last March and. Yeah, I mean, he was, like, unleashed. I, I felt like that Rodney Terry told him, hey, you want to make it to the NBA? We've had a rocky season. Just go all out. Just just get it tonight, you know? Yeah. And you Do know it in what? front of a nationally televised audience. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but they might play twice, Texas Tech and Kansas, so he, he might get that win. Wow. Hey, good point there, Sal. I like it. Uh, let's go to Rob, who's joining us on the phone lines right now, 8805763. What's up, Rob? How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Um it was my actually my first time checking out the minors uh, basketball this year, and um, you know, no disrespect to them, but I've I've been really invested in football because how good they've been. But yeah, like now 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 I'm dialed in on basketball and all that. But since tonight was my first night to check them out in in person, and 
and all that. And to chime in on your Bryson discussion, like, yeah, like, he had a good game against Kansas, but he had a bunch of duds against Rice. So I, I don't know where we go with that. But uh, Yeah, but when it's against a top-12 team, I mean, hey, you got to give credit to Bryson Williams there. But as far as, um, you know, the game tonight, it was extremely frustrating because the first time, I mean, it's, just, it's the same situation as last year where, you know, we're terrible percentage-wise at shooting the three. And the coaches or players, I, I like I don't know where the disconnect is, but they they just insist on shooting the three ball. And even tonight, like I saw Sully Boom and Agnew and Kennedy pull up from three in transition, like like if they're Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, like you guys cannot do that at all. Like so that's what I mean like disconnect is is the coaches you're not that good at shooting threes. Like nobody is in college basketball to be shooting, pull, you know, pull up in transition, uh, three point ball. And the first half, you saw that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they looked awful, and they just kept shooting threes and kept shooting and kept shooting. And I was telling my friend that I was with, I was like, you know what? This is the same thing as last year. And and all these all these genius callers last year kept calling about. You know, they were calling about Ronnie Terry's head and he's horrible at coaching and all that. And honestly, to me, it just looks more of the same on offense. Eh, I, I don't know. I disagree with that, Rob, because last year you had Bryson Williams. It was very, it was very uh, reliant on both Bryson and Sule, and then everybody had their specific role, and if you deviated from that role, you'd be pulled out of the game right away. Like this year, the difference is you're pulled out of the game by making a mistake that you were told not to do. Like everybody's given the freedom to yeah. at least shoot, or, or you know, if you have a shot open, you're given that freedom to take a shot. Like you're seeing Kevin Kalu take attempts. You're, you're seeing everybody. Point is you're seeing way more guys actually have that kind of freedom. So uh, freedom versus uh, kind of being in a box. That's that's my biggest difference there, Rob. No, no, you're right. You're right. Like from the from the optics, from the optics of the situation, it looks better from the optics. But from the results, it does not because Rodney Terry didn't get swept by New Mexico State, and that's my my calls not to my calls not to bash Andre Golding because. I'm never the type of, of fan and caller to be bashing a coach, you know, 10 games into his tenure. But the point of my call is to say that it goes beyond coaching. At the end of the day, we had five guys on the court, and they had five guys on the court. And they had a couple more shot makers than we did. And it just that's the bottom line. Like, we, yeah. Had, yeah. we, had, we, had, we had a lot of wide-open threes. That we didn't knock down. Like I could just count them on the top of my head. And you know, at the end of the, at, you know, at the end of the uh, game, they had guys that were making shots, and we had guys that weren't. And you know, like there's, there's no amount of coaching that could fix that. Like if, if David Black got the Cavs to a Eastern Conference Finals and Ty Lue won them a title, you know, basketball's not football. Like you need to understand, you can only put your guys in a situation so much that they need to knock down shots at the end of the day and at the end of the day right now with UTEP from what I've seen like we don't have a lot of shot makers we have a lot of effort guys we got athleticism and defense which is all everything I can ask for but at the end of the day like 
we don't have any shot makers. And, you know, I can't blame Golding or Terry for that. And, you know, that's where I'm at with UTEP right now. Okay, Rob, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. It, it, you know what? One thing that comes to my mind, and this is not to compare uh, coaches. I'll just compare the teams. So take it for what you will. So what I'm getting at is last year, if there was a close game, did you have faith that the Miners were going to have the mental toughness to come out with it? No, and even if they had the lead, I was I was worried. I was worried if UTEP yeah. down, you know, five minutes in the game, I was worried. Uh, even yeah. if they were up 10, I was worried. Okay, so this year, how much more confident do you feel in the mental toughness and the lack of mistakes by the Miners? A lot more confident. Okay, leave it at that. Yeah, what, what do you see, Jason? And, okay, wait, wait, I just want to preface this by saying, so Rob mentioned Joe Golden got swept by uh, NMSU. First year of Rodney Terry, they got swept by yeah. NMSU. And uh, it, it took the second year at their home floor to beat the Aggies. Uh, and, it, and that was a really back-and-forth contest. That one really could have gone either way. But, hey, credit to that team in 2019 for beating the Aggies. I just have to say it there, though. You will look at next year. We'll see if, if uh, Joe Golding is swept next year against the Aggies and see how he's retooled, but I, I don't know, man. I, I go back to the shot maker statement that he made. I still think that Sule Boom is that shot maker. They, they at least have some shot makers on this team. It's not like it, the cup is, I mean, the the um, the cupboard is is completely bare. Yeah, you know, they, they have guys who can who can score on offense. I just think um, taking the right shots is going is to help them really improve. You know, um, Sule has to understand, yes, he's the offense, but, you know, maybe if um, you can – pass a little more that'll make it easier for him on offense yeah you know sometimes when you're the score you know um it's, it's harder to score so you feel like you have to take shots but sometimes you make one extra pass it'll be easy on you and, and and they'll be all right i think they'll be all right the main thing i i watched was body language and i love the body language i didn't see no faces no guys giving up even when they was down, when they made mistakes, they stayed together and, you know, they kept fighting. That's what I watch. You know, everybody else might be watching everything, but everything else, but I'm watching body language. It's like this guy's been listening to Minor Talk, Sal, because we talk body language a lot. They, this, they look fired yeah, up. Look I mean, fired. the bench, yeah. they're even fired when, up. Yep, even when they was down, make mistakes, nobody put their head down, they, they kept moving. And, and when you have a team like that that has good body language, and nobody's worried about the bad thing or did somebody take a bad shot or he turned it over, then you're going to be all right. Our phone number is 880-5763 as we continue here on Minor Talk. Going back to some players, I'll talk I'll talk a little bit about Christian Agnew. He came off the bench tonight, nine minutes, five points, one of two shooting. Sal, are we seeing a reduction in, in uh, Christian Saucy Agnew's role on this team? Because we just haven't seen it this year, man. He, he uh, comes back. Or is this just, am I overreacting? Is, is this just, you know, the, the fact that he's coming back from COVID protocols? He's trying to get back into the mix and feel himself back uh, on this group. What do you think there, Sal? I mean, really, the only space for uh, for Agnew to fit in is at the one or the two. And then you look at the minutes uh, distribution, Sule Boo at 37 and then their one being Jamal Biennemi with 35 minutes the game is 40 minutes long so how are you going to fit him in in place of one of the two guys and also if you do for how long is that going to be those two guys you know in the game where getting a good shot and I know we talked about this pretty much all game but getting a good shot or having a guy willing to to put it on the line for those shots it's hard to come by 
And it- and it was really just going to be Sule and um, and Jamal be enemy in terms of guard play this game. The That's la- just the way it played out. The last thing I'll say about Christian Agnew, though, is it's got to be a little frustrating if you were a leading scorer at Northern Alabama. And now you're you know coming off the bench, not really playing yeah. at all. I mean, he averaged 12 points a game, but we've never seen an offense, uh, I guess like a offensive production from Agnew like we would hope to see uh, when he transferred here as a leading scorer. That's tough right there, Jason, because if you're a leading scorer one place, maybe in your head as a basketball player you think, hey, I'm going to translate it pretty easily to the next place, or at least I can provide some scoring relief. And uh, Agnew, you know, five points today. He helps out. Like, let, let me let me be clear. He helps out that three-point shot that he attempted uh, where he was fouled and then made all three of those uh, free throws. That was helpful for the minors. But at the same point, if you're a, a previous leading scorer, yeah, you want to get more production out of somebody like that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you know, as a, as a player standpoint, you know, I think of course, he wanted to come out and, and come here and, and maybe score. But sometimes your role change when you go on different teams, you know. So he just have to figure out um, what he can do in his role when he get the minutes that he get. That's true. You know, at the end of the day, a coach going to leave you out there if you're doing the right things. So when you get that, what I try to tell all the players, when you get out there, go out there to where the coach can't take you out. Okay. That's, that's how I used to tell my freshman last year. If you want to play – Make me not want to take you out, especially if you're a guy coming off the bench. So when you get in, make me not want to take you out. So that's what he has to go in, bring yeah, that energy off the bench and earn those minutes. And the coach is going to play you. And like you say, maybe it could have been COVID. You know, maybe he still got to get back uh, in shape. But, you know, also just go earn the minutes. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, let's talk about some of the bigs who came off the bench. Bonky Maring, Al Alfred Hollins, uh, both guys who are junior. Uh, well, Bonky Maring, a junior college transfer. Alfred Hollins coming from uh, Oregon State. Uh, for Alfred Hollins today, he plays in 10 minutes. Same with Bonky. I feel like those guys are just going to be even split when it comes like to. Interchangeable. Yeah, yeah, interchangeable, even split. They both bring you totally different things. Bonky brings you size at 6'11. He's the tallest player on the Miners uh, roster. Alfred Hollins maybe brings you more of a scoring presence although he was one of three today from the floor he had a he had three points and an and one so yeah mm-hmm. that was that was helpful for the team but uh those guys still trying to find their own and, and trying to feel their own way around I know that uh coaches got after Alfred Holland today because of the defensive issues yeah. and for Bonky if you're that big man get the rebounds it's just it, it's mm-hmm. one of those things yeah and you know what really interesting with uh Alfred Hollins his uh and one came at a crucial time you know a time when the miners needed to be physical and be aggressive down low. So I want to give him credit for that. Got that huge N1 to get the Miners closer uh, within the game. But in terms of Bonky, I think you're right. you you got to demand some more presence around the rim, demand some more presence. Um, let the other team know that they're going to have to get two guys to box you out. He's the biggest guy on the Miners team. Uh, but game by game, though, I think we're starting to see uh, Kalu be that guy who's going to be the, the vacuum. He's the, the trustworthy yeah. one. I, I, it's weird. They trust him more because he can snag those boards. Kevin Kalu comes off the bench and gets four rebounds in 19 minutes. He earned those minutes, Jason, and that's the big guy. Hey, He got burned down low with those passes, but he earned the minutes because he was at least rebounding for this team. Yeah, and I think he has a, a, a lot more energy than the, the other big guys. From what I've seen so far. You see him run down the court, yes. do you? Yes, that's what I saw. That's what the first thing I really noticed is him running the court. And 
you know, the ceiling is high for him. You know, I actually saw him in the gym and we played one on one one day. So, oh, okay, give us the give us the lowdown. <laughs> Tell us what kind of guy Kevin Kalu is because we we are we literally bought stock. He's like crypto to us. We yeah. bought stock when he was like point zero zero four, and he's slowly climbing up, man. You know, um, I'm gonna say uh, I haven't been wrong since I've been coming back here to UTEP in summer. When I say some guys possibly can be pro guys, um, I think he has to to really learn the experience as far as IQ, IQ. But he actually he can move a little bit. He can dribble a little bit. and He can shoot the three. You're kidding? No, I think he can. He has a nice soft touch from the three. What about a person? Like personally, what kind of guy is he? No, he's a great guy. Great young kid. You know, um, when we was in the gym, we just talked. You know about basketball. You know, and he was telling me he's from. He was in New York and yeah. he's from New York and stuff like that. And went to Baltimore, went to graduated. Baltimore yeah. And, you know, this was his first year. And you know, I just told him to keep working and you know just keep learning. And you know, it's good to see that he's playing. I actually like. When I first saw him, I had to text coach. I like the, the the freshman big kid. Wow, you know, so it's interesting because he goes to a prep school. He averages like 15 rebounds, and he's like named Baltimore City Defensive Player of the Year. But no one recruits him. Did you did you talk to him about that? Yes, or? I heard that situation. But you know, it's like that sometimes. And you know, maybe that's something that's going to drive him to be great here. You know, True. nobody recruited him. That's Co- right. And, and now he has that chance. And as, as a Division One, and UTEP's one of the best schools in the world to me. So, you know, um, he has a chance. He has a real high ceiling. He's very athletic. He's really athletic. You, you probably ain't seeing that right now, him dunking and stuff in games. But, you know, he's still learning. Is it a confidence thing that he just needs to get that confidence? And it's just a confidence thing. And now, as you see, as it's going along, even Coach getting more confidence in him. Yeah, that's, and that's right. And as coach get more confidence, then he'll get confidence. Because the last game he didn't play much. The last two games maybe. And now, you know, every game he's getting more and more minutes. And then eventually, it'll, hopefully it'll come to where he can get the ball down low and score also. Sal, what what is his yeah. uh what what price is he at right now? If you if you did not buy in when we bought in, what's his what's his price right now on in crypto? All right, so I, I don't want to say it's at <laughs> one yet. It, it's trending upwards. We got to remember how how these things go, right? Uh, but I would probably what did you say it was like point zero zero. We bought we bought in like point zero zero two. Like we I, bought in really really. I cheap. would probably say he's at point zero nine one five. Okay, I like <laughs> oh, it. I like that. So so he's all, he has a chance to get up there soon. It's almost at the stuff. one, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ed McDonald tweets the show. It may take another year before the crowd comes to the honest truth. No, no, no. This is what he says. I'm sorry. It may take another year before the crowd comes. The honest truth is the the brand was burned really bad during the Tim Floyd era, Catch-22. Anyhow, I'm seeing a lot of improvement, and I'm seeing some players make big shots. I love the de- the development. Boom's last shot was not good. Hurriedly, an impatient shot, no squared up. It was a tight game, and that gives you anxiety. It's a pattern. Then he says, thanks, Jason. Really miss your game. Thanks for all the great memories. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, interesting points there by Ed. Uh, Jonathan Byers tweets to show. Um, actually, let's go to Mr. E. Mr. E tweets us, team will come together, see them stepping up Tuesday and beating Kansas. Always bet on orange. Hashtag minor strong. Boom will go lights out at 600 ESPN El Paso. Yeah, if, if uh, Sule Boom wants to throw his name out there on national radars, 
beat Kansas. Do that. Everybody will know, uh, or at least uh, start Googling your name and, and know your name. Hey, I love this tweet by Lugal on Twitter. Great show. Hope Jason Williams can be a regular on the show going forward. What, by the way, welcome back to El Paso, Jay Will. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Getting a lot of love, man. I like it. I like it. Good stuff. We appreciate you stopping by. Uh, Minor Joe tweets us, a little critical for a team that almost beat a well-coached team. Sule Boom needs to take those shots. We will win or lose with Sule Boom. I'm with you, Minor Joe. 100% with you. They lose to UC Riverside. Why? Because Sule Boom is out. They lose, or they almost yeah. lose to Florida A&M. They're like struggling in that game because they don't have those 19 points that he brings. I mean, it's 6 of 21, but he's giving you 19. It's a tough one. It's a catch-22, right? I mean, no, it's one yeah. of those things. Yeah, I mean, the points got to come from somewhere. How many point, How many shots is he going to put up? especially when nobody else is hitting it. And at the end of the day, if anybody's going to shoot the ball when shots are hard to come by, you're going to want your best shooter to take those shots. So take it for what it's worth. This is a guy who can erupt any given night and also a guy who's getting better uh, game by game defensively. So he's able if he's able to get some, you know, stops on defense that can, you know, kind of negate some of those missed shots. Thank you, Sal, for sending me this. UTEP Volleyball defeats Colorado State in 3-1. Uh, to one. They finish it in the fourth set. Uh, really, really happy for the UTEP Volleyball team advancing in this uh, this uh, volleyball. It's like the volleyball version of the NIT, and they're playing postseason play, which is great for the volleyball program. Ryan Guzman gives them a big shout-out to the Lady Minor Volleyball team. One again tonight. That's what he tweets us on social media. So, yeah, I agree with that. Hey, let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we'll get to some awards. We'll wrap things up here on Minor Talk. We'll preview the next game against Kansas. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arietta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Experience unique flavors at Taco Avocados. First, start with a signature hand-rolled taco. Choose between chicken, pork, ground beef, Southwest chicken, or brisket tacos. Plus, vegan tacos are available. Potato, avocado, or bean tacos. Then choose your chips. Sweet potato, regular potato chips, or tostada. Finally, choose a signature dip. Homemade queso, fresh guac, creamy buffalo, or sour cream. Talk about the options. All at Taco Avocado. 2114 North Zaragoza. Taco Avocado. Eat good for you fast food. No gluten and no sugar. Order online. TacoAvocado.com. Happy Holidays from the Oscar Arietta Agency. Here's Oscar Arietta. The holidays are here, and many of us are already making plans to safely enjoy this time of the year with our loved ones. As we start our holiday celebrations, let us not forget how blessed we are to have health, food on our tables, and most importantly, we will not let this pandemic define us. I am thankful for my community and wish nothing but blessings for you and your loved ones. From me, my family, and the Oscar Arrieta Agency, happy holidays, and may God bless you. Supply El Paso is proud to team up with Champion Heating and Cooling to deliver the most unrivaled reliability, energy efficiency, and superior comfort you can count on. Wind Supply El Paso is the official distributor of Champion Heating and Cooling equipment for your home or business. If you own a home building or HVAC company, you need a reliable AC and furnace supply store. For more information on Champion equipment and an authorized dealer, contact us at 915-859-3817 and online at windsupplyelpaso.com. Hi, I'm Matt Keats, President of Keats Southwest. Since 1994, we have manufactured hundreds of metal components that people use in their everyday lives. Catheters are commonly used by millions of people. In fact, we produce 30 million catheter clips each year that are sent to hospitals all over the world. In addition, we deliver the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made here in El Paso. Learn more about Keats Southwest at keatssw.com. 
If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com slash panda. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com slash panda. That's bamboohr.com slash panda. Streaming worldwide through the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. 600 ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso, a town square media station. Download the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app now. Get all the latest in UTEP sports, UTEP athletic interviews, ESPN programming, and more. Touchdown! It's free thanks to United Bank. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk is live. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis. Special thanks to former minor great, former minor legend, Jason Williams, played pro basketball overseas, back in town, training. He's got the Believe Sports Foundation going on right now. Big shout out to him for joining us on the show, man. Yeah, I love it. You love to see former minors, uh, you know, obviously come back to the city, but uh, coming back with uh, more than just saying hi to UTEP and the fans, you know, really just to mesh with the culture in El Paso. And uh, how about this? I think we received more... Uh, shout outs to him than actual comments on the game itself. I so think so too. That, that's really cool. Definitely a, a cool guy to be around. And also, wasn't it a couple years that uh that we did the top 100 uh, UTEP yes, players? Yes. And he was high up there. So he was. Big big props to him. Yeah, that most definitely. And uh, yeah, again, special thanks to Jason Williams stopping by on the show. Uh, we yeah, he spent an hour and a half with us. So I just realized that I'm like, you know, I was telling him each break. I was like, hey man, you know, you can you can take off whenever. I mean. Uh, I appreciate you stopping by for a couple and he would just he just wanted to to chat with us and he just he loved uh, the conversation so I really appreciate Jason for uh, stopping by and doing that again we're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens for home auto life insurance or even business insurance contact the Oscar Arietta Agency and you can get started online all you have to do is just fill out your name your phone number your email address and what you're interested in online today Oscar com. We'll get to our awards in just a little bit, but first let's continue going through some of these players, Sal, and uh, and go uh, player by player. Yeah. Um, I want I want to talk a little bit about Jarrell Satterfield because after the Florida A and M game, um, I thought he was going to get a lot more playing time. But hey, um, I guess it's, everything is earned with his team, and hey, maybe he just didn't earn it in practice or for whatever reason he just did not play tonight. Yeah, but but also I can uh, I can post something to you as well. Uh, one thing will be how guys are playing, and that's going to show if they get off the court or not. But also, uh, are they being aggressive on defense without fouling? And you look at the two guards, Sule Boom and um, Jamal Bienemy, the the two main guys. They combined for two fouls. 
So one foul okay. each. And it, that was just a big reason for them to stay in the game, especially when there was foul trouble with the bigs. I know that's a completely different world. Uh, but you saw how it affected the bigs. But with your dynamic duo of Boom and, and Jamal Biennemi, I think that's a big reason uh, why Satterfield didn't get a lot of minutes. And the same said for Agnew. I mean, I'm not too sure uh, with the COVID. I mean, everybody responds differently. So definitely, you know, hope he's at, you know, getting better. You know, yeah. Recovering at a great speed. That's number one. Um, so back to Boom and um, and Jamal Biennemi. I just think a real reason why majority of other guards didn't play is, one, it's, it's a really, really good opponent. Uh, one of the best that they'll have on their schedule every year in New Mexico State. Uh, but, two, those guys really didn't give a reason to take off take them off the court aside from maybe some shot selection but defensively uh, played about as clean as you could play we haven't talked about Jam- uh jamari sibley tonight my goodness sal yeah 18 points seven to nine shooting by the way in his free time this guy likes to paint yeah. like like uh like just paint you know yeah because he goes hard in the paint <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a great one. He had uh, seven rebounds today, 30 uh, minutes. He earned all those 30 minutes. Yeah. I think the only area I really want Jamari Sibley to get better at is defense. But uh, I think everybody gets excited when they realize this guy has four more years. And you yeah. just got to you just gotta hope that this guy stays with the Miners if you're a UTEP fan and you want to see Jamari Sibley grow with this team. My, my favorite thing with uh, Jamari Sibley tonight was for every big shot that he hit, you had Steve yelling, uh, Steve yelling at the end, Georgetown. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part, man. But this is a guy who has some uh, some big time experience as well. You know, he's not just some some transfer who's a freshman who has talent. He's a he's a transfer who obviously has talent, but has played some meaningful basketball as well, and is is really finding that next level in his game. I mean, we talk about guys cracking the starting lineup. Uh, this is a guy who probably could. You know, I would yes. like to see it maybe at three or the four, maybe not at the three majority of the time, just because I think that belongs to Keontae Kennedy. But I mean. Hey, maybe he could get some more time at the four or just see the floor a lot more in general. And good point, because we've seen a lot of variation, Sal, with that starting lineup. This uh, Today you saw Sibley in the starting lineup, but you want to see consistently. You want to see it week, I mean, uh-huh. game after game yeah. where he's in that starting lineup and he earns those minutes more than anything. And I found it really interesting this week on the coaches show, Joe Golding talking about with Sibley, having him on some kind of a schedule. Like, okay, this is a guy who really um, benefits off routine, benefits off, you know, hey, I, I have this going on, I have my school i have my workouts yeah. i gotta go into the gym i gotta do weights i gotta go back home he go to tutoring straight, yeah. he's got but he had to get it done by his coach his coaches got his priorities straight and they put him on this rigid schedule mm-hmm. but that it's really helped him apparently in a big way and uh i i, I mean i'm all for it man you get the if you're uh if you know somebody is uh just needs that kind of extra help on that end, why yeah. not? Why not give him that support? No, definitely. And, and I think that's a tribute to no, – no, granted, okay, let me just say this. You don't want to give credit for something somebody's supposed to do, but when you have so many people looking out for you, I think this really just speaks to the uh, the character of uh, Coach Golding and staff. You know yeah. what I mean? They're, they're not only teaching them basketball. I mean, these are young men as well, teaching them things in life. I love that about it because now – Everybody's holding each other accountable off of the court. Yes, most definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm totally with you on that one, Sal. Uh, Robert Ugidi tweets the show. Kevin Kalu reminds me of Hunter. I think he's talking about 
uh, Vince Hunter. Both okay. are guys who can grab boards no matter their height. If Kalu can put the work in, I can see him putting up a ton of double-doubles down the road. Uh, I'm not going to make any Vince Hunter comparisons at mm. all. Uh, I will say uh, the closest to a Vince Hunter comparison was probably Williams, Bryce, but yeah. you're talking inside the paint. Uh, for Kevin Kalu, you just want him to be a guy. Like let's Let's make him a guy first, and then let's start comparing him, right? He's going to be Kevin Kalu. Yeah. You know, how about that? I, I think uh, – now, this is not to, to discredit uh, that tweet or anything, but I, I think maybe what he refers to, obviously, is the rebounding. But yeah, I understand may, that. Maybe he could be that guy who gets those tough buckets, you know, in the paint. And that's something that UTEP definitely needs. Um, but, yeah, Vince Hunter, man, that, that guy was a beast for sure. Oh, he definitely was, Sal. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, let's go through some other stats tonight and just things that we saw. Again, New Mexico State with 52 points in the paint. That's a tough, that's a tough number to look at. Uh, I was very impressed by UTEP winning the rebounding margin. Talked about this earlier. UTEP wins it uh, 32-27. And then in this game, uh, NMSU has 14 assists. They also block six shots on UTEP. And gosh, give a lot of credit to Johnny McCants and those three block shots he had. Jabari Rice also had some blocks. He had, you know... It was just hands everywhere. I mean, guys were trying mm-hmm. to block shots. You know, it's interesting, Sal. I'm not sure trying to get not to try to be a nerd here, but uh, doing some Ken Palm numbers before the game started, I found out that UTEP has actually one of the best. Uh, they actually never offensively never get their shot blocked. They're one of the best in the country for not having shots blocked against them. They're actually like 22nd in the country in that random stat. It, it, it actually might be even better than 22nd. They might even be uh, higher than that. But point is, uh, point is. UTEP simply never gets their shots blocked. Uh, advanced stats say that that is the case, and they're like a top mm. 25 team and not getting their shots blocked. Isn't that kind of interesting right yeah. there? And then today they, they come out and they get six uh, shots that are blocked against them. I, I think that just – I mean, I don't want to sound like an Aggie homer, man, because I'm pro UTEP all the way, right? But I think that just speaks to uh, the credit of the Aggies literally staying staying two steps ahead of the Miners every night because you look at these stats, and the Miners are great in transition defense. You know, two fast break points sure. uh, for for the Aggies, but the Miners had two fast break points for themselves as well. I, I think there was about maybe two or three. I don't know the actual number, uh, but buckets in transition that the Miners had a chance to getting. Yeah. But here goes McKinney. You know what I mean? This guy was literally in the right space at the right time. And then we'll, we'll speak about more Aggies as well. You look at Serge uh, Jabari Rice, guy who's making more plays than scoring. And also uh, with uh, Will McNair, a guy who was getting oh those consecutive gosh. buckets in the end. But that trio right there, just making a variety of plays that needed to be made at the right time. Oh, and then I also forgot to mention Teddy Allen, who shot over 50% and played 37 minutes tonight. That's really, really tough to do. All in all, Adrian, too, he led the team in rebounding with seven boards. So their best players impacting the game more than what they're supposed to do, if that makes any sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. They're scoring. They're also getting rebounds and getting assists. So that's just an incredible, credible team effort from the Aggies' best players. Uh, I'll give you some some uh, some uh, facts here from the Aggies. Sir Jabari Rice, redshirt junior. He'll be back next year. Oh, man. <laughs> um, Will McNair Jr., redshirt sophomore. He'll be back. Um, of course, Johnny McCants. This guy's been around forever. It's fine. You know, it's kind of like, all right, thank goodness this guy's gone finally at this point. But he's, the, he's um, a redshirt senior. Uh, uh, 
I'm tr- the Perry Ellis of New Mexico State. There you go. <laughs> I love that. I love that. He's been there for yeah, like six years. He's a great so. player, though, for sure. I'll give you one more. Teddy Allen, redshirt junior. Man, that's a nice nice bunch there that the yeah. Aggies have. Yeah, they're, they're going to return some really good players next year if they're able to keep everybody intact. Uh, let's go to the phones now. Eric is joining us next, 880-5763. If you'd like to duck in a late call, now's the time to do it. Eric, what's going on, man? Hey, Adrian. Hey, fellas. How you guys doing? It's great to hear from you, Eric. What did you think of tonight's game? Um, well, it was, it was heartbreaker, that's to put it nicely. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I from the first game, I said Jabari Rice, man, he is a stud. Straight stud. Boy, he's good. Um, I mean, yeah, just down low, there was no big man to defend him down low. All they had to do was just run a backdoor screen or just beat him to it, and that's all they had to do. And then on defense, I mean, on, on offense, I mean, you keep jacking up threes and they're not going to go. I mean, it's just you just got to figure out something else. Like, you have to incorporate something else. I and everybody you. said from the beginning, who's going to be that guy? Who's going to be that guy to step it up? We all know Sule. We all know what he can bring. But somebody else has to help. It's been two years now that somebody else has been really stepped I think so. Two years that nobody else has really stepped up. Yeah, I, it's tough, man. And I, I understand where you're coming from there, Eric. They do need that secondary score. The bottom line is they just don't have that. I, I said it to start off. UTEP just felt like a guy short. If they had one more guy, like if they just had one more guy who could help and just kind of break through in the rotation and just help them out, I think that would make the world of difference. I was I was writing that every bucket that they got was just, you know, they needed. Mm-hmm. They needed every shot that they had there, Sal. And that I thought that was the bottom line in this one and I, I think Eric brought up some really good points but it, it just goes back to what we said I, I just think they're, they're a guy short JB is their secondary yeah. score right now um, I don't necessarily like him as that secondary score but he is that and hey in some games he'll go off Let, let's uh, give credit to JB in that sense but at the same time they just they're, they're probably one guy short yeah, you, you know what? I mean, I don't know if this is recency bias, but I, I could put some reasoning behind it. I think that guy might be uh, Jamari Sibley. And the reason why I say that, I mean, obviously he's coming off with a 7-for-9 night, um, 18 points to his credit, a guy who more than likely is going to be you know, called on a lot later on throughout the season. But it, it comes from a different spot on the roster you know, in, in terms of, uh, of lineup. You know what I mean? He, he's not yeah. a one or a two, um, more than likely a three or a four. So that's big. When you're getting more scoring from a different position, that definitely helps out the other guys. So recency bias, in my opinion, for sure, Jamari Sibley. Yeah, good point. I like that. Maybe it's Jamari Sibley who can emerge into that secondary score. I like that, Sal. Good point. Uh, thank you, Eric, for the phone call, man. I appreciate you weighing in and also appreciate your tweets as well. Great job, Eric, on the phone lines. If you'd like to follow up Eric, our phone number is 8805763. That's our telephone number as we continue. JB tweets us, Jonathan Byers, this team has taken the identity of their head coach, Joe Golding. So that's the explanation of their body language that Jason Williams talked about. Yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, I mean, um, when I stepped into Joe Golding's office for my pregame, uh, pregame, preseason interview, he he was uh, even harping on people in the actual facilities, body language, body language, like while they're walking around, like he is all about body language. Yeah, I mean, the littlest things make the biggest difference. And, and I think 
it's it's really a team like culture outside of actual players on the team. So if you're around Coach uh, Golding or other members of the staff, there's a certain way that things got to be done, but for sure it's with the best intentions in mind. And you could tell that everybody is slowly but surely picking up on, on what needs to be done and also getting it done. Uh, and if it's not done right now, it's in the works. I, I really, really have faith in the, in the culture that Coach Golding has instilled. Sal, let's get to some awards. What do you think? And then we'll uh, turn the page, look to Kansas. Let's do it. All right. Let's uh, talk hot hand of the game. It's win supply El Paso. They bring us this award every time. Sometimes it gets contentious. Sometimes it's a clear cut. This time, it's a little tough to come up with our hot hand of the game. I'm going to give it to Jamal Bienemy, And the reason is that 7-0 run that UTEP went on, that was all JB. UTEP allowed NMSU to go on a 10-0 run. They were extending their lead. It was 55-49 in the Aggies' favor. Miners go on a 7-0 run, and they cut it. It's a tie game, and it's all credit to JB and what he was able to do. Hot hand of the game. Sal, you okay with that? You know what? I like it. Uh, my decision would have been Jam- uh, Jamari Sibley, but, I mean— he had reason right there with that high hand in the game. Sibley had the three. He had two threes late in the game. But when it came to getting somebody back into the game, I understand why it is JB. Well, hey, we got one more award to give out. So maybe uh, maybe J- Jamari Sibley can come back here. All right, good. I don't okay. got to throw my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep everyone warm, comfortable, and toasty this winter with a new champion furnace from Wind Supply El Paso. Wind Supply El Paso is the official dealer of champion heating and cooling products. To locate your nearest dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. 880-5763. That's our telephone number to get into the show. We're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and online at 600 ESPN El Paso.com. Before we get to our hot, I'm mean, excuse me, our player of the game award, King Eric tweets us, like J. Will said, it's the little things with Sibley in the UC Riverside game. He pulls down a rebound and then doesn't go back up. I think there's something that he can clean up and get better at. Let's go to the phones right now and uh, welcome on Jacob here on the show. Jacob, welcome aboard. Good evening. What's going on, man? Hey, man, I'm a long-time YouTube fan, like long-time. I mean, I've been around forever, you know, so I'm, sure. I'm wondering. Awesome. This is my first game of the season going, and I was very disappointed with the student section, <laughs> very disappointed with the turnout. Okay, so when we're walking in, the lines are long, right? Right. I see the ticket center shut down. The lights go off. People are still in line, right, waiting for tickets. I want to know why it was kind of like called a sellout when it really wasn't, you know? <laughs> They shut the ticket center down at six o'clock, and um, you know people are still trying to get in. I'm, I had an extra ticket. I'm like, wait, yeah, wait, 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 really, Jacob? Because I, I, I was walking in. Wait, oh, they closed it at six o'clock. So at tip yeah. off, they closed it. Okay, exactly. Yeah. So we're we're in line already to get in, and like the lights shut off in the ticket center. They just closed it down. So at that point, I'm thinking, oh, it's a sellout. You know, like it's going to be packed in there. You know, and. Um, you know, I had an extra ticket, so I'm yelling out, I have an extra ticket, you know, I have an extra ticket. Anybody wants an extra ticket? No one took it. So I'm wondering why are they shutting the ticket center down? Uh, why aren't there any more fans in at that point? Second of all, I mean, the crowd noise was just like, there was, the, I was sitting in the stu- student section, there was nothing. <laughs> no crowd noise. Like, I was really? yelling at people like, stand up, come on, guys, let's go, let's get going, you know? I think if we would have made more noise, we might have had a chance at one or two buckets not being made, you know, for NMSU. And so those are the two things. I'm wondering why weren't people allowed in? And second of all, why wasn't the student section up on their feet and 
I kept on yelling at them, come on, get off your, <laughs> your phones, you know, get up, you know, stop drinking your coffee. Let's go, guys, you know. Yeah, I hear you, Jacob. And I'll, I'll say this. First off, number one, not sure why the ticket office closes at six at tip off. Uh, I've seen this being a reoccurring issue for some fans who are just trying to get into the sta- into the stadium. My biggest uh, advice is just buy the tickets online and if you can't if you're at if you absolutely can't buy your tickets in advance i mean i get it there's a lot of people out there who don't do that kind of stuff but hey it's 2021 last year they didn't even have tickets you had to buy all your tickets online so i think this year they they give you at least some kind of options i'm not pro uh, closing it down at six o'clock, but I'm also not gonna, you know, say that there there are zero ways for UTEP fans to get in if they're trying to arrive late. Which, by the way, this was a very late arriving crowd it, it, at tonight's, uh, you know, tip off. It was a six o'clock game, so it's pretty early for a lot of yeah. people. They get off work late, and it's Friday night. It's a lot of traffic out in the city of El Paso. Uh, those are the excuses I'm just gonna throw out there uh, for the student section. I have zero excuses, zero. That, yeah. It's just a bad student section, man. I, that's all I can say. It, I mean, I when I was at school, zero students. When I, when you were at school, how many? Uh, zero. Yeah. So I mean, come on. We, we, yeah. The the last time we've seen a good crowd, when was it? When they were competing for conference USA championships early in Floyd's career? I mean, uh, when he was a when he was a coach here in the early 2010s. Yeah, I think it's just a, a mixture of not having won a lot of meaningful games for maybe a decade. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I think that's, that's one true. part of it. But then also, too, uh, I like the point about the 6 o'clock game. Now, granted, that's not a reason to not go to the game. I, I'm not saying that. But usually these games are 7 o'clock. You know what I mean? Get a couple, maybe an hour, you know, 30 minutes to hang out after work, spend some time with the family, get them ready, get them out there. I'll give you an example for myself. Right after I got off of work, jetted right over here. And next thing I know, it's the countdown to tip off. You it's know what crazy, I mean? man. And, and I think that one hour was a little bit of a of a difference maker for sure. So Tracy Love tweets us, and hey, Jacob, I really appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. I, I think you bring up some good points because Tracy Love tweets us right away and says, you can't even buy tickets at the UTEP Ticket Center anytime anymore. You have to get them at the Brumbelo building. That's exactly right, Tracy. It's not at the old ticket office. And if I was referring to it as that, I'm, I'm now referring to it as the Brumbelo building, which is on the, I guess it's like the, um, I guess it's like the west side of the Don Haskins Center. If you're facing the tunnel entrance, that's the best way I can kind of give. Yeah. You know, you, you you're, uh, you're. I know what you mean. What yeah, it's, it's like you're heading towards the practice field. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Exactly. That's exactly right. And they have it lit. Um, they have it lit up so you can kind of see and walk up to it. I just have to say, like. Yeah, get your tickets early, get your tickets online, or if you're going to walk up, make sure you're early to tip off. I, I get it that it's 6 o'clock, but maybe if that's the case, you can stand by um, one of the ticket usher centers and, and say, hey, I'm going to buy it online, I'm going to do this right now, and do it right in front of them so, so everything is okay. So so the ticket center that's right in front of the uh, the actual Haskins Center, they say that one is closed? Yes, you can't, that's right. Okay, yeah, so I, I don't know why, and so I'm just speaking, Me just finding out now, but... Uh, I definitely think that's hurting those ticket sales. And and people want to go to these games. They find out last minute. For whatever reason, maybe this was announced earlier. I don't know. But they find out at the event. They had to sit through traffic to get there, and it's going to put a bad taste in their mouth for them to not want to go back. Yeah, I'm with you on that one right there. Yeah, if you got to, okay, I'm going to side now. I'm going to just turn back now. and I'm going <laughs> to yeah, I'm I'm going to go back and side with Jacob and say this. 
just make it easy for everybody. Like, let, 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 you need mm-hmm. to get people in attendance. You heard what Jacob was saying about, hey, the lack of people out there. It's a battle of I-10. This is, uh, you know, a huge matchup. You heard Jay Will talk about it, too, with us. Uh, this is – make it as easy as it, as possible for people out there. I'm, I'm just going to end it at that. Yeah, and for what it's worth, too, it's a Friday night. Yeah. You know, these games typically are on a Saturday night, and – if they're not on a Saturday night, they're at 7 o'clock or something like that. So it gives people some time to travel as well. Let's also speak uh, in regards – I can't remember which phone call this was. Maybe uh, – was it um, the, the guy that we had from New Mexico State, the, the New Mexico State fan? Yeah, Carson. Us. Carson, yeah. So you want to make that trip out to El Paso, right, if you're an Aggie fan to see the Miners and the Aggies. But the game starts at 6. Traffic might be bad. You arrive in El Paso, 6.02. Oh, no, the ticket center's closed. You know what I mean? And yeah, that, that could be a reason why there weren't more Aggies fans as well, because the game was at six o'clock. Good point. Yeah. And then and then maybe they couldn't uh, they couldn't access the ticket website for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah good point there, Sal. Uh, let's get back to another award player of the game. It's Keith Southwest who brings us this every men's basketball game. Let's do it. It's Jamari Sibley. It's not Sule Boom. It's not uh, Jamal Bienemy. It's Jamari Sibley. That's why he wasn't the hot hand of the game, because he was a player of the game. 18 points, 7-9 shooting. Uh, he had 7 rebounds tonight in 30 minutes of action, plus 7 uh, in terms of efficiency. But the Georgetown transfer came through in a huge way in a rivalry game. This is a this is a huge stage, Sal. Battle yeah. by 10. And this guy's coming in in a starting effort and taking it and running with it. I was so impressed with Jamari Sibley, player of the game by far, in my yeah. book. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. But if you watch the way that he played tonight, making right decisions at the right time as well, you know, yes. being able to move in the right spot, get guys in the, in the right direction, pass it to where they need to be. I, I think piece by piece, his game is coming along and it's going to be a way, way uh, more of an integral part to the minors play. Now, I don't want to say the offense. I, I literally think it could go beyond that, especially on defense, uh, you know, communicating a lot more. So good pick. Yeah. I, I, Jamari Sibley, by the way, one last thing I want to say. He doesn't have this successful game if it's not for that unsuccessful game he had against UC Riverside. He struggled yeah. in that game, man. He he did not feel confident. He had the ball in the in the paint, wide open looks, and didn't take those shots. This time he was aggressive. He took those floaters. He has a nice floater game that he brings to the table. Uh, I'm a big fan. I, I'm I'm in on Jamari Sibley. I might mm-hmm. be out in two weeks. Talk to me then, but uh, I'm <laughs> in right now. I think he's a, a pretty solid player, and uh, that's why he's our Keith Southwest player of the game. Keith Southwest d- uh, dis- delivers the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made here in El Paso. You can learn more about Keats Southwest online today, keatssw.com. UTEP takes on Kansas next Tuesday. Kansas, yes, the Kansas Jayhawks. And uh, the Jayhawks, they actually were in action tonight. They killed St. John's, who, by the way, came into this one 5-1 and one on the year. They beat them 95-75. This uh, Kansas team uh, kind of looks like the old Kansas team. What What is his name? Oshai. Uh, isn't that his name? Oshai Ajabaji. Azerbaijan, yeah, yeah, he's an something amazing like that. Player. I'm butchering that name. 23 points today against St. Rogers. Uh, they also had Christian Braun, their guard, who poured in 31. Do you remember Remy Martin? 
I do. Yeah. It was at St. John's tonight, too. Um, but, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, these guys have experience. And, matter of fact, I can't remember where I was hearing this. I know it was on ESPN Radio, but I don't know which show. However, um, they're saying a lot of that, that super senioritis uh, for these teams. And they're coming back after a COVID year. So that means they have one year worth of chemistry with guys that are literally blue chip type talent. So that's an amazing team that Kansas has, despite the loss to uh, to Dayton. Was it last week or something like that? You, you were just looking at a, a game from April being played in November. That's all it was. No, good point there, Sal. And I, I want to bring up one other name again, Remy Martin. Mm-hmm. This is somebody who was not on Kansas last year. Can, without you looking up, do you remember where he was on? Uh, You know what? I had my phone. I didn't find it in time, but I'm going to go maybe with one of the Arizona teams. Yes! Yes! Wow! Great job, Sal. Hold Arizona State. Oh, okay. Oh, there we I'm go. sorry. I should have let you guess. No, it's all good. Remy Martin on Arizona State. I'll, get, I'll give you his stat line against UTEP last year. Remember, UTEP defeated Arizona State last year. On the road. On the road. And this was an Arizona State team that a lot of people regarded pretty highly last year. 76-63. They held Remy Martin, who was their best player, to 2 of 7 from the floor. Just 9 points in that game. He, he hit some free throws, but didn't do much at all had two turnovers as well he he was really struggling in that game so uh remy martin another appearance against the minors maybe sule boom could shut him down again yeah that would be awesome i mean he has the experience against him and um being able to one feel good about going into that game knowing that you're within a couple steps of winning that game. I know there's no Bryson Williams this year, but you know another member of that team really well. We were just talking about Remy Martin. I really, really like it. We'll see if the Miners are able to, uh, to do something with that defense and, and cause a lot of mistakes for Kansas and maybe get out to an early lead, kind of like last year in that game. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, I think, um, I, yeah, I just think that uh, rematch is going to be real interesting to watch the Miners take on uh, Kansas. It's going to be an enemy territory. It's going to be a tough one for the Miners to try to beat uh, or to try to win in that one. Titus Verhoeven, I just want to mention this. I know he's going through some kind of injuries right now. In that game against Kansas last year, only scores two points, so he struggles offensively. But I'm going to give you his defensive stat line. And by the way, after this game, gets pretty much zero minutes in that Florida Atlantic uh, Conference USA game. Remember, they just get bounced out right away. Uh, The final stretch, they go with the small ball lineup with like Christian Agnew instead of Titus Verhoeven. Uh, And I'm just kind of shaking my head. I like Christian Agnew. I like Saucy. He was my favorite player last year to watch. Uh, I just think that when you're talking about going down the stretch, you throw in Titus Verhoeven against FAU. This is completely irrelevant. Going back to his stat line, (laughs) Titus Verhoeven had five blocks, two steals, and six rebounds against Kansas last year. Five blocks. Yeah, and even though the points uh, weren't there, pretty much one of his best games. This is the guy who is going to be that disruptor. You know what I mean? Especially for the Miners down low. You need that. And we saw how it hurt the Miners tonight down the stretch with him not being available. Um, But you know what? You're absolutely right. And we can look at a bunch of games and say, if this happened, if that happened, you know, (laughs) not just for last year, too. Literally every season. Literally Uh, (laughs) this game that we just witnessed in the Battle of I-10. Literally for that 11-0 run by the Aggies. But exactly. in all seriousness, though, um, this is a guy who is needed because the lack of depth that you're getting – uh, from your bigs is uh, is super, super noticeable. And if the Miners are able to stay out of foul trouble, Adrian, I think things can be a little bit differently in majority of these games. But this is how they're going to learn. Coach, yes. Coach Golding mentioned that as well. It's like this is just
what's something that you learn from and how are you going to get better? Piece by piece, we're starting to see little things being done. UTEP takes on Kansas this upcoming Tuesday. We'll have it for you. Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, will be uh, courtside and he'll have all the action for you. But for now, we're going to turn the page. We're going to uh, wrap things up here on the show. And NMSU defeats UTEP 72-69. to Sal, any final thoughts today as we wrap things up? You know what? I, I like the way that this team hustles. I love the body language, as it's been mentioned. And, um, yeah, we're ready for, for the game against Kansas. Want to see how the Miners can do. I love that they're testing themselves, especially with this uh, three-game stretch. Uh, but it doesn't get any easier after Kansas Ooh. as well. No. Got to go over to the pit. Another, another really great learning experience and a tough environment for the Miners to go to. And how about this? I don't think they want it any other way. I, I'm with you on that one, Sal. If they win any of these games, I consider that a big success. Any of these three games, NMSU, uh, which they lost today, Kansas or New Mexico, you have two more chances if they would get either of those uh, and turn those into victories. I consider that a major, major plus for Joe Golding and this team. And you know what? Let's just say it. UTEP to the Big 12. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I mean, they get Kansas twice a year in basketball. They played them earlier in 2021. And then they also got Oklahoma in football coming up don't be scared big 12 you cowards add utep (laughs) (laughs) oh man hey i'm looking forward to this men's basketball team having more practices only two like you mentioned sal only two practices at full strength altogether yeah i i really really want to see how this team can grow and evolve from that uh but nonetheless though i like that there's really uh no no lack in you know excuse making or, yeah no no no, no lacking in trying to be excused i mean it's just like hey this happened all right move forward thank you again to jason williams for stopping by here on the show thank you to sal montes if you missed any of our coverage today here on minor talk you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast please like subscribe rate review uh, share the podcast with your friends who also like utep it really helps us as well we get to show these numbers off and uh, it, it looks really good on our site so we really appreciate everybody tuning into minor talk and also checking us out on the podcast channel but for some montes i'm adrian Bradis saying so long thank you so much for listening to minor talk presented by the oscar Arietta agency only on 600 es ESPN El Paso. You've been listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adieta Agency. Pick up a clear bag at any one of their seven locations across El Paso. If you missed any of Minor Talk, listen to the show on demand by downloading Minor Talk wherever you get your podcasts. a million businesses connect using Zoom. A single platform for video, phone, chat, and conference rooms. Zoom enables real-time collaboration no matter where your teams are. Global enterprises trust the easy-to-use, reliable, and secure Zoom platform to power high-performance teams. Empower your workforce with Zoom. Save 15% on meetings, chat, and phone with a Zoom United bundle. Visit zoom.com bundle. Zoom, how the world connects. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. Whether you want to learn Spanish for future travel plans, French to connect with extended family, or maybe German to land a new job, Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday